crazy times, the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and happy Thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Heroes of Noise podcast. I'm one half of this amazing dynamic duo. My name is Steve. Greetings, salutations, happy Black Friday. Though you probably won't get this on Friday. That's where we're recording right now. Hope you guys are all out shopping and spending your money, wasting that shit, because, you know, no one's going to appreciate it. Let's face it, Steve, right? These little shit asses, they don't appreciate what you get them. They just want the next gift, right? How are we starting off so far? I'm a bitter son of a bitch this morning. I, I see that, man. What is going on with you all No, I'm joking. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, Yeah, man. brother, you too. Hope you had a good one. I did. Tell us what what did you do, man? What was your what was the what was the Ramirez Thanksgiving like? Well, to be honest with you, I don't think I could tell you that because I wasn't with the Ramirez side of the family last night. I was with my mother-in-law's, oh, excuse me, my wife's side of the family actually. And it was pretty cool. I this you know, normally I would be like, it's cool. It was a good Thanksgiving. Everyone had some food. We ate, went home, <laughs> chilled out and fell asleep. And all that happened. But uh, it was nice because we got together with my my wife's side of the family, and it was pretty cool. I know I already said that, but what was so cool about it was that um, once my father-in-law passed, which was about five years ago, the family kind of broke apart, not like because of drama or anything, kind of, yeah, well, yeah. kind of, I'll get to that. But, you know, the, everyone went their own separate ways. You got the youngsters that are no longer youngsters with their kids, they're married, they're off doing their own thing. Um Everyone was just doing their own thing, you know, and the and the, the holidays got very different than what they used to be. So without getting into the family drama of things, because there there was some, there was some uh, some sibling rivalry, we'll just say, amongst my mother-in-law and, you know, her her siblings. And it went on for years and people weren't talking for a long time. And, you know, you have to kind of think about this shit like you don't get time back, right? You can't buy your time back. You know, you got to make every second count. So... Exactly. They all kind of put their heads together and decided, Let, let's squash this shit and let's all have a big Thanksgiving again. So for the first time in like five years, everybody was back together again at uh, my wife's uncle's house. And uh, for you locals, it's in the Tower District. It's one of those really... See, like in the Tower District, that's our little hip area in Fresno. And it's one of the older areas in Fresno as well. So it's like, it was this plot of land... And everybody sort of just built their houses custom. It wasn't like these track homes where they all look the same or anything like that. So all of these houses have like character. So beautiful house, uh, beautiful family. Outside, we were chilling by the fire pit. Uh, her uncle, he's probably, I think he's like, he's a single dude. But he's like a young single dude. Like, I think he's like, age-wise, he's like 60, I think. But he's, like, he's young in the head. You know what I'm saying? And oh, so he had cool. like his own little man cave, you know, nothing like with like audio and video things, but like a, it was like a bar, you know, he had a nice TV up there. You walk outside, you got this huge area where everyone can sit back and there was a fire pit going. Oh, come on. Drinks were yeah. flowing. Conversation was had. It was nice. And then we had like a new set, like the little kids I was talking about. I hadn't seen them forever. Last time I saw them, they were just in, you know how like, hey, what's up, everybody? I'm just going to park my kid right here while we have fun because the kid's just sleeping. Oh, for yeah. sure. Kid's for just going to sure. sleep in his car seat the whole time. That's that's the last time I saw these kids. And now there was Jack and Margo, the cutest damn little kids you ever seen, little hipster looking kids, man. And they were funny. And uh, it was great to have that atmosphere again, man. But, you know, like my kids were the little ones the last time we did this. Wow. So 
It was really nice, man. My son didn't get to make it because he is recovering from the flu. But other than that, ooh, yeah. that I did not I didn't know. Want his sickly ass over there, anyway, man, making everybody sick and everything. Jeez, Louise, and that's that's a rough. Like I said, I, I, I my first flu was last year, and I don't wish your first flu was last year. Yes, I don't know what is up with you, Hudson. I mean, that's a good thing. I'm glad that you you've lived a healthy life, but you just say shit that I've never heard anyone say before. <laughs> I'm 40 years old, you know, and my you- first flu. <laughs> I'm like, oh, your first flu, was it bad? Did you stay home from school? No, gee, I just stayed home from work. <laughs> it was like... It's freaking sucks. How long did you have man. the but flu? But you know, it, I had it for... Okay, I went to work for the first two days I had it. And I was like, I feel weak, man. I don't know what's going on. I started getting a headache. And then the third day, my body was like, oh, we're not doing this today. Like, we're not doing this. So for the first time in eight years, I called in sick. And they were just like, even my supervisor was like, are you okay? Because this is not a call we get. I'm like, no, I have the flu. And they're like, oh, no. They're like, yeah, you're going to be out for a minute then. And I was out for two days. And then I went back on third. Please don't take this as a personal attack because I promise you I'm not going to start the show like this. Yes. Yes. But I don't get down with that philosophy. Like, if you're sick, great. It's fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, if you haven't called in in eight, ten oh, years. Oh, for sure. Or like, for that's sure. fantastic. Yeah. But it yeah. kind of bugs me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about other people that I've worked yes. with. I've never called in ever. Well, yeah. And I've showed up with the flu. And I'm, oh, fuck you. You just got everybody sick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. It's a terrible. No, no, no. What you're saying right now. I wish someone would have told me years ago where it's like, um, uh, it's like, Dude, you can't take A, that you can't take it with you. B, you're totally replaceable. And C, it doesn't make a difference in the long run. There is no trophy you get. Right. For, yeah, it's a terrible, it's a, but it's an American industrialized thought process. You work, you work, you work. That is how you think of things. But other, but I don't think we should. I think it's going to be like, look, if you sick, take the day off. Because no one's going to be like, this guy right here. No, if you get in trouble, they're going to treat you just like you always called in sick. They're going to treat you just like the person who calls in sick every other week. You're both in troubles. My philosophy is if you're sick, you're sick. And you should take that yes. time to yourself, particularly if you have the sick time and everything. Now, if you're calling in, oh, I got to hang now. Or, oh, I, you know, I didn't sleep very well last night. I'm yeah. calling sick. That's a whole other sure. story. But if you have the For flu, sure. keep your sick ass home. Yeah. And preserve the health. Think about the people that you work around that have kids. You dude. just gave them the flu. Oh, Congratulations. Dude. It was, I have never felt so good to have such a little progress. Like those two days, I didn't eat anything. I wasn't nauseous or anything, but my body was like, I'm not hungry. I just want to lay down. And I had a headache. I watched a bunch of comedies that helped. So uh, I think that was when I watched The Jerk and I had to turn it off because it helped too much. I'm like, I cannot laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. I have to laugh a little. To get me in a better mood, because the more I when I laughed at that, it gave me a headache. So I just kept on going, and on that, all I needed when I could walk on that third day, I said, "Oh my gosh, I can walk!" Like it, I felt I, I just it was amazing, and I just said, "Oh, I'm getting the flu shot for the rest of my life. I don't care if it just limits it to three percent less of a chance. I'll take it." Okay, shoot me up. I'll take three percent less of a chance of that ever happening again. Sure. You want to know what I think? So yeah. What? I don't think you really had the flu. I'm not saying you're lying. I think you might be mistaken because here's, hear me out. Go. And I'm only comparing it to what the flus that I've had because, oh, I mean, when I get the flu, dude, like there is no turning back and it's a five day process minimum. 
Oh, jeez. We're talking fevers of 102, nausea, vomiting, you know, uh, backside oh, stuff, dude. if you catch my drift. And not the good kind. Yeah. Um, yes. What else? <laughs> uh, you know, just like like completely limp, soaking into your bed, and to the point where I wouldn't even want to watch television. Like, I can't even... I remember the first time I had, like... Well, that's not true. But, like, in my adult life, when I had a flu that was just so ridiculously bad, I remember I was going to try and... I'm going to take this time and just try to catch up on some shows. And I want at the time it was Breaking Bad. Now I don't know if it was just season one of Breaking Bad that just wasn't really popping or not, but I couldn't even concentrate on it. I just turned it off, and that was the first time I tried watching it, and I didn't go back to it for a few years. But oh, you have bad I mean, flu because I did have a fever and I did have I was sweating, yeah, okay, and I couldn't walk. But it's just it was one of those things where what I messed up on is like going to work the first two days with it. Because every other five minutes, I had to go lay down in this. I had an office, not my office, but someone else's office that I would lay. I would make a chair bed and just lay down. And it took one of EVS to be like, dude, you don't look yeah. well. I was like, yeah, I know. They're like, no, no, no. That's not normal. Like, even when they were talking to me, they said, this isn't the normal Steve. Like, this isn't you. So something's wrong. Even when you have a cold, you act different. But this is not, I've never seen you like this. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, and the next day I came in, they're like, dude, we don't, A, you, we don't want to be around you because we don't want to take whatever you have to our kids. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think of that. Wasn't even in my thought process. They're like, yeah, you're walking around people who are already, you know, as far as their immune system, they're compromised. And you're walking around here with whatever you have. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I am, dude. I totally am. It's an ugly thing, man. You know, um, in actuality, when I got to my current place of business, the business, the the uh, the employment that we share, yes, yes, I tried that because I was working with this cat. I know he doesn't listen. I'm not going to say his name or anything, but he's that guy. I, I never called in sick. Yeah, but you bring your nasty ass to work all the time and you get everyone yeah, else gross, sick. Dude. But I yeah. was kind of like, I don't want to say in competition with him. I just, okay, let me try this out is what I was thinking. I'm going to go ahead and go to work this time. I'm going to try to push through. I'm going to take my little Theraflu, my little Dayquil or whatever, and I'm going to show up. And I remember the one time that I tried that there, uh, we were working with, uh, who was I working with? She's probably going to be listening. I was working with Summer. What's up, Summer? What's up, Summer? We see you. We see you. Thanks for listening. She likes our show, man. She listens all the time. She told me that just the other day. So it's factual. But I remember I was like, just, I was just dying. I was wilting there trying to work. And it was a slow night too. So there's nothing worse than a slow night. Because, you know, for me anyway, because I want to stay busy so it keeps my mind off of it. And I remember I was just wilting in this chair. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go post up. Like, I'm going to go lie down in this other room here. Call me if you need me. If you need anything, call me if you need me. But there's no point. I could either just be sitting still here or lying still there. <laughs> you know, but it's the same thing. Jeez. There's nothing going on. And yeah. I just crashed out, man. I didn't sleep. Well, okay, I did. Now, don't, don't anyone tell this to my boss because I don't want to get fired. But... Yeah, I pretty much crashed out, but I was I was ready. You know what I mean? Like, just call me if you need me kind of thing. But I just was, I remember just sitting there and just soaking sweat. My clothes were soaked and everything. Oh, no, you can't uh, do that. Yeah, you can't. It's not even, it's not even worth it. I mean, especially since we're afforded mental days too. Sometimes you need a mental day. Whereas it's the day you wake up and you're like, the, whether it be something happened at home, you broke up with your girl, your boy, uh, you just, you know, the monotony of going to work every day, you're about to have a break. They actually say, We've seen that and you need to not come in. You need to take a mental day. And they won't ask you why. They'll just be like, stay home with that attitude. You really need to stay home with that. Yeah, that place is really good about taking care of you, you know, taking care of you rather when you have those type of situations. If you have benefits. 
If not, they're like, you better bring yeah, your that's ass true. to work, sicky. No, that's true. And it's also, it's one of those things where I've noticed that uh, there was a lot of issues. I was like, man, you know, this and this about the job. I realized, I'm like, oh, it's me. They give me every afforded possibility of me to enjoy things. If I don't, it's me. Because they're like, okay, if you need a mental day, take off. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm so stressed. Take off a mental day. I don't feel well. Take off sick day then. I need, I need some time off. Take a vacation then. I'm like, okay, so it's me. I just is <laughs> what you're telling me. <laughs> I just cannot wait until these benefits kick in eventually, some some decade. Oh, it because will. Because oh, people will. are like, oh, I need to take off three days for education purposes. Education purposes? What are you, I, are you going uh, to out of town? To, no, no, I'm just going to sift through a catalog and do my continuing education credits. And in my head, yeah. I'm like, oh, that shit that takes 30 minutes to do? Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. And you get paid yeah. to do it. Yeah. Okie dokie. No, it's to the point, if I call my supervisor and say, I have a final tomorrow and I really have to study... They will make a way, be like, okay, then don't. don't Are you okay? Get, get Are you okay, Stephen? Yeah, you better take care of yourself, yeah, buddy. But it's also because of what I've laid down for the last fifteen years. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, he's handled business That's true. for the last. That's true. Fifteen years. Or they're like, what do we need for you to move up? And we would love to see you succeed. So go. And uh, that's why I never take advantage of it. I'm just like, nope, I'm just going to come in here and handle that bit. But I am, as far as when I'm sick, I'm going to start doing it. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad that I have that new, that new attitude where it's just like, look, man, in order for me to work well, I have to be well. So I need to uh, start taking care of myself uh, as far as, you know, taking off and taking, I need to start taking, I, I have also said, because I was going through things oh, before I go into it. Can you give me something that you're thankful for, for this last year? Having nothing to do with the show. Oh, I'm not thankful for anything then. <laughs> uh, let me see, man. It's been kind of a year for me, dude. It's been a rough ride this year. So I know. Um, yeah. I'm thankful that I'm still standing. I'm thankful that my family's healthy and everything like that. And that's generic. No, but that's important. Those are good things. Yeah. But I'm going to flip it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the negative and turn it into a positive. How's that? Oh, snap. Okay. You know, regardless of losing my full-time job and losing my benefits and all mm -hmm. of that, I'm actually thankful that I lost that job because it has given me so much time, not so much time, but it's given me a lot of time to just like change my perspective on things. And I've yes. sort of flipped the script on how I'm, how I'm like, I, I have a new attitude myself, I guess is what I'm saying. And by the way, I think I need to do a Patty LaBelle drop because you say new attitude a lot and there's no reason why I should. You know what I mean? Patty LaBelle. I got a new attitude. Oh, yeah, sure. I got to do that because I, yeah. I bet you like 30% of the people don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. But you'll see. We'll get it there. We need that drop. Um, yeah, it's, it, I've gained perspective. And, uh, you okay. know, I, like I said, working at that very brief stint at that other job, it showed me that I don't have to just like grasp onto the first thing, grasp rather, onto the first thing that comes around because it made me miserable. And uh, it's teaching me that like 2019 is going to be a completely different philosophy of how I do things. And I'm going to take more time for my family, take more time for myself. And I want to, you know, put it into the show and everything. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's really it. I'm thankful for life, man. And I'm thankful to not be at that piece of shit job that I used to be at my full time gig where you're not appreciated whatsoever. And that's good. You know, it's all about money. You work at a healthcare facility yeah. and they never mentioned healthcare ever. It was all about just numbers, literally the word numbers, 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 yeah. numbers, money, money, money. All of those people were pieces of shit. So I'm really glad. I'm thankful to be away from those pieces of shit. Seriously. And that's I don't good, even mean man. it in a bitter no, way. Like, like, I wish I yeah. could just, I wish I could drop in <laughs> audio onto the show of some of the conversations that I've had behind closed doors in a management position yeah. where the manager is laughing at people's woes. Or laughing at the fact that someone's really? going to get laid off. I'm sure he did it about me. Yeah. 
because his little pathetic ass got like a dollar bump or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. I'm not even bitter. Like this is just real shit. So and you're and you're and you're thankful for having a new perspective. Yeah, on because life. I would sit there numerous times and be like, "Why am I here? Like this isn't me." You know, I, I took this position because it sounded good. And yeah, I'm, I'm whatever. I'm, I'm making good money at it or whatever. But it, I felt like a terrible person for being in this position, yeah. you know? And I don't think it's that way yeah. just in management in general. It was just at that particular facility and probably a lot of other facilities in town all over the country, all over the world where people are just tyrants. And uh, I'm glad to be away from that, man, because it was really bumming me out. And there'd be times, even when we record, where I would have to like really like, like right before the music dropped, I'd have to do a... When just, you know wow. what I'm saying? And like, turn it on, man, wow. because I was all caught up yeah. in it. So that's what I'm yeah. thankful for. Now, I'm not going to forget about your Thanksgiving, dude, because I wanted to ask you about that, too. But uh, what are you thankful for? Um, I'm thankful for reaching 40, obviously. You know, a lot of people didn't. And I always have to say, you know what, dude, this is a, another year I made it through without any devastating situations. Mm, yeah. Uh, the one thing about uh, when I was deep, 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 deep in church, the one thing that they always used to say is, if you're not in, if you're not in a low valley right now, be ready because you will be in one one day. Just pray for yourself, sure because it's gonna happen. And I'll always take that away. So I'm just like, you know, every day that it's not that, I'm happy because I know everyone's gonna have ups and downs and ups and downs. But even the downs, you could actually see. But this whole year has been a year of good stuff happening. I mean, and maybe there were a few valleys, but I don't. That's how good this last year was is that I don't remember the valleys. I just don't remember them because they seemed big at the time. But then when I came out of them, I'm like, you know what? That whatever happened, both parties or even if it was just me, they'll be better for it. Life will be okay. And you know what I'm saying? You just got to push forward. So I'm thankful I reached 40. Uh, obviously family, friends, all that stuff. But I'm glad that, you know, one thing I'm really glad is that my circle is smaller and tighter. That's, I'm glad for. I'm thankful that my circle is smarter or smarter and tighter in that I've, <laughs> unfor some people have. You know, I'm just thinking dirty thoughts right circle. now about your circle being smaller <laughs> course, and tighter. Of course. Right? I, I thought you were going to say that's what she said. <laughs> but no, man, I'm, I'm spare. I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a, that's what she said on a moratorium personally, just for a little bit. Are just for really? a little bit. Not, not, not every day. Just okay. a little bit. It's not going to happen. <laughs> you got um, me covered, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, don't trip. I got you. Um, but I like that people have left the circle, you know, unfortunately. And it sucks. Some of the people I saw leave the circle, it sucks to see them leave. But I like that it's becoming a more, um, you know, a more condensed situation. And the people that are in my circle are close, are, are close. And I think as you get older, the circle will be tighter. But every single Thanksgiving, as Thanksgiving's come around, I'm going to start thinking and looking back on, you know, who are still there. Because at 40 now, I think my circle is going to be the circle. I think this is it. This is the circle, you know, for the rest of my um, my life. I your believe. current your I'm current like, you know, circle, as you put it, is going to be like who you're who you're keeping with. Is what you mean? Yes. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Those are probably who I'm because unfortunately, man, we're on the um, ass end of things. You know, we're yes, we're on the um, at this point, we're at the either at the very top of the hill on the way that's down. That's what I'm going with. That's why <laughs> that makes me feel better to say yeah. that. <laughs> we have to, and we're looking on the other side. I mean, there's this great James Taylor song called Secret of Life. And he's pretty much talking about, oh, how did I get this old? Like, how did this happen? 
But he's like, the secret of life is enjoying the passage of time. And he's just like, you just have to be like, hey, you just enjoy the ride. You know what I'm saying? And talking about, because you look back, you're like, I'm 40 or I'm 45 or I'm 46. When did this happen? And then you look back on time, you're like, oh yeah, it did happen. Because all these things happened. But I mean, for me, it's just like, now I'm understanding how people that are 90, 80, 70 are just okay with being old because they're like, boy, do I have some memories. Like when you just look back on, wow, what a life I led. So I know that, um, you know, I am just thankful for, uh, again, my circle getting getting a good, a lot smaller and that my, uh, I reached 40 and, you know, fam- other than family, friends, all that stuff. And uh, this was a good year, man. This was a darn good year. Hey, don't take this as I'm just throwing this out and trying to make a joke out of it or anything. But there's one thing I'm thankful for, bro. I'm, be- I'm being dead serious oh, about wait. this, okay? Even yeah. though you and I don't see each other as like physically as much as we used to, yeah, I do. I yeah. am thankful that I feel like we've gotten closer. You know what I mean? Like we, oh, we we we, totally uh, we have gone from, and we've been this way for a while actually. But we've gone from the hey, uh, even though we do this every week, what you watching or what are you reading or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we talk real shit now, and that's something that just kind of started up over the last year or so, particularly with Heroes of Noise. Oh, there's no question. Well, the que- the thing is, if I something happened, you would like if something happened to me. Um, you were on the list of things people my mom would call. It would be like, look, we're kind of keeping this on the, you know, whatever. But uh, just, you know, Steve, you were on the list for him to let you know this stuff. That's whatever. much appreciated, dude. Um, yeah, you know, because you're just in my circle. I'm like, this is my groove. And if, if I'm going through something, you're, I don't really talk to a bunch of people. You're going to be the one that I'm just like, okay. Because A, I see you as a person that has, if anyone in my life has been through something that I've been through, I'd be like, I bet you Dan went through that. And he, especially kid stuff. Like when my son's going to college, I'm going to have a million questions because you're going to be like, oh yeah, yeah. Like it may, you make me feel good about, I'm like, when is he going to start doing this? And you're like, oh yeah, good luck on that. That's not a thing that's going to happen. You're going to have to make it happen. <laughs> He's going to, you're going to have to make him do that. I'm like, when do they naturally start doing that? Yeah, like, that doesn't no, no, just no. kick in naturally. <laughs> and I thought it just, like, I mean, for instance, when I was just like, what is he going to want to get his license? You're the one that said, oh, I'm going to tell you this right now. You're going to have to make that happen because you carting him around is very comfortable. You're going to have to make that. And you were totally right. I think I was right when totally it comes to right. our kids. But I still think there That's are those true. kids that are super driven that just want it. Like my daughter, for instance. She's 15. She just wants it. She just it? wants it. Like I let her try. You know, I took her out and kind of drove around or she drove around in a parking lot. Like she's she's good. She's solid. She's ready to rock it. But really? yeah, but um, you know, my other my son, so he was like, no, I'm cool. You can just drop me off with everything. And Same with him. That's my he was. And he, I was like, hey, you want to drive? No, yeah. I don't want to drive. Anymore. But like, like, can we go? I'd rather go to an empty place that's empty for like miles. And I'm like, there's no place like. That. But the odd thing is now because I can't keep him home. Like even this morning, literally, he's like, hey, uh, I didn't even know he left. Cause I I woke up at <laughs> I woke up at four thirty this morning, dude, and uh, from a crazy ass dream that I wish I could explain because I have been having the weirdest dreams lately. But that's besides the point. Um, I woke up in the four thirty in the morning, and you know, of course, I went on Twitter and there's this big orange prick already starting to do his thing, and I'm oh, like, you know what? I'm gonna just drop it right now because I want to go back to sleep. I got We got to bring we got to yep. bring fire today, so I wanted to be ready. Yes, but I couldn't sleep, so I said, okay. And by the way, I'm a cheap date. And what I mean by that is if I take like two Benadryl, I am jacked up. It's just, it's, I've always been very sensitive to medication. Uh, so I took one, <laughs> yeah. I took one Benadryl. I said, I'll just sleep for like maybe two hours. And then like four hours later, I wake up. But 
I didn't hear, I got a call from him. He's like, Hey, you, you want something? You want some breakfast or something? I'm like, what? What are you here? What are you talking about? He's like, no, no, I've been out for a while. And I said, Oh no, I'm good. I'm wow. like, good man. Thanks. And he's like, okay. And then he, he comes back. He's like, are you sure you don't want anything? Cause I can go get it right now if you want. I said, oh, I'm just going to make some coffee. I can go down to Starbucks for you if you want. He just wants to be in the car all the time. That is really cool. Yeah. He's, he's working. If he's not working, he's driving around, you know? So it's weird how it just suddenly kicks in. But for a while he was terrified, literally terrified of driving that car. He did not want to do it. And it's just weird. It'll just, it'll kick in like a, you know, like, like changing gears or something. That is so, now is he an eight hour working or does he do part-time? He does eight hour. Oh, you mean like a full-time versus Ooh. a part-time job? No, I'm saying like, does he do eight hour shifts? Yeah, he'll do eight hour shifts. Those are the worst, dude. I got to give that kid props, man. He, uh, he does yeah, No, he, he went to work on Wednesday night. They called him to see, Hey, would you like to work? We're, you know, we're shorthanded. He was sick. He was that kid. Like he, he had the flu. Yeah. And he said, all right, I'll go in. But he was hurting bad. He had his all loaded up on Theraflu and everything. And he goes in, does his job. And he was going to work yesterday as well. But he was really sick yesterday. Today, he's obviously feeling better because he's out driving around. But uh, they said, listen, you did us a favor. So go ahead and take Thanksgiving off. Someone will work it for you. We got it covered. Someone probably just oh, that's someone dope. probably just wanted the overtime. You know what I mean? That the is holiday dope, pay. G. But um, yeah, but I'm, he's not a full-time thing. He's like a part-time but he loves it. He worked at a grocery store and he's killing it, man. He's got that personality for that where he can just, you know, charm the old ladies as he's walking them out to the car. Of course. He's a charming young lad. Trying to get a tip and he can't get tips because it's, a, I guess it's a, for lack of a better word, oh, it's a it no-no, a- you know? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But what they don't know won't hurt him, Steve. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, speaking of things I would thank her for, I did come up with a Steve pet peeve this week. Ooh, please. Do- oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, first do the contact information. Well, I know, but because we're never okay, because we're like twenty-seven minutes. And I promise in. I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, I promise I'll come back to it though afterwards. All right, all right. I just because we already did our thankful. I feel bad and because so I want I don't I don't want to switch gears. I don't want to be like thankful now. No, first we'll do the contact. Then I'm gonna take y'all down a notch because all y'all do this, and I need to tell y'all to. Chill. What I like about this show is that we are loosely formatted. Like we do our thing every every week. But yes. people that have been listening religiously know that we're just get, we're going to get to it eventually. And we're not. It's of like, course. why are they talking so much this time? We always just go on and on. I feel bad. I'm yes. just going to put it out there. I feel bad that I didn't ask you how your Thanksgiving was. Oh, I'll tell you for sure. It's the same as yours. Oh, that was a lovely story, Steve. <laughs> no, no. It was chilling with family, friends. You know, it's funny, though. Michael, um, Michael Bruno was sick. So Mike, my brother was like, he was like, what's up with the podcast? I was like, man, I was like, we're going to get it to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, where's the podcast? I was like, I didn't, and I didn't think that. I was like, and also Johnny Bucks hit, hit us up I on, saw that. on <laughs> <laughs> That Superman <laughs> game was funny, man. Freaking Johnny Bucks <laughs> cracked me up. Johnny Bucks sending a, you know what's funny? Uh, he sent us a, uh, a picture of him in a tux. That is a dashing young man. Yeah. He's dashing when he wants we to We should be. give some uh, accolades to, you know, to Groove Zoo. Yeah. Now, you guys, let's talk about Groove Zoo for a second, particularly if you're overseas in the UK area. Groove Zoo, Groove Zoo, Groove Zoo, rather, is like your top wedding band. Now, that sounds crazy. Now, you think of like American wedding bands and you think like wedding singer immediately. But these guys got their shit going on. They got full stage show. They got the floors yep. to light up and shit and smoke, and they get there. They're like very, very talented musicians, and they, got a lead singer. And they tour. They got two actually. They have two lead singers. Do they yeah. really? Oh, brother, man. Yeah, and then of course uh, the other one. You know the saying? other one. But 
but um <laughs> but um no seriously like if you guys are in yes. the uk area and you're looking to get hitched up you already booed up but you're ready to get hitched up call groove zoo for the first time for the first time you can use them both times you do it so what are you trying to say are you correcting me? Are you trying to do some shit and make me seem stupid? No, I, I'm just saying you can, for both times you get married, you can use them both yeah, times. Yeah, if you get married most three times. First yeah, first one's not going to stick. Probably. Nah, well, you know, these days, probably not. But exactly. hire Groove Zoo. Check them out. I wish I had their, their URL on hand, but I don't because we just started talking about it. But Johnny Bucks, killing it. And I wanted to congratulate you, even though they were nominated for Best Wedding Band in the UK, I think it is. Uh, again, I'm sort of winging this one. And unfortunately, they did not get that. But you know what? I'm calling bullshit. I didn't even hear the other band. But you know what? I don't see their their ads everywhere. I don't see them putting out videos and make, making music videos and just all this no. exposure. So, no, no, no. Ladies and, and gentlemen, and I can't tell you enough. Gee, hire Groove Zoo, please. For sure. And if you're not, I would hire them just for fun. Because why the crap are you getting married? Just hire them. That's the other thing, too. I guess, it, see, because he, that's how I've always heard it as wedding band. But why can't they just be like a regular band? Hire him for a party yes. or something like that. You know what I just thought about? You have a wedding band and you also wear a wedding band. How crazy is that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the crickets have spoken, Steve. <laughs> do our contact information bro i'm done all right i think i'm gonna check out for the rest you're of the done show. and uh, hey hey y'all peep out how he does this awesome pause at the perfect man time. you gotta stop saying that you're throwing me off every week you say that <laughs> you really are like i didn't even i know it's now a Ever thing but it wasn't it, supposed been, to be a you thing been... <laughs> you jack me up every single time just let it gee i I've noticed. I have noticed. Just let it flow, Steve. Things have to be natural. No, gee. It's a it's a gift you have though. It's kind of weird. I got a couple of gifts. One's a little bit lower. Oh, oh. you know what I'm saying? All right, here we go. Oh. See, I didn't like that one either. Hold on, I'll do it to myself. Yeah, that was weak. We'll come back to it. <laughs> oh, Dick jokes are gonna be good in just the next few minutes, but not right now. All right. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's bust this. Happy Black Friday, everybody. My name is Dan Ramirez, and I represent the team, the duo called Heroes of Noise with my buddy Steve Hudson. Check this out. There you go, Steve. If you want to get a hold of the show, hit us up at Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not bullshitting with you. It's Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. We're all over the internet. It's crazy. We're like a virus. Go to Heroes of Noise.com. That's where you got to go right there. Just go there, and there you're going to find links to our Twitter page. Uh, if you want to hit me up personally, it's Dan Q Public. If you want to hit my buddy Steve up, it's at SE underscore Hudson Music. As a group, a duo, uh, the podcast, hit us up at, at Heroes of Noise. Now, that at Heroes of Noise carries over to Facebook as well. You can find us there at, guess what, at Heroes of Noise. But back to the webpage. While you're there, I would really appreciate it if you would leave us a voicemail and let us know how we're doing, because we miss you guys. It's been a while since we've had some dialogue with you, or at least your monologue. We want to play that on the show and let the people know how good you guys are. Um, what else can you do? You can leave us a five-star review for iTunes. Uh, leave us a review on Stitcher. Uh, subscribe pretty much everywhere, except for Podbean for some reason. I can't figure that shit out. But Podbean seems like that's more like an Atari 2600 type of a thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. But you can hit us up at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Pandora eventually. I don't know about when, but we'll get there. And other than that, there's one other thing I'm going to do, and I'm just going to turn this down real quick because I want to make sure this is the first time I'm doing it. Uh, just a little bit. A little concentration there. All right, so check this out. We have, we are now, 
what you call Amazon affiliates, okay, from the Amazon affiliate program through the podcast. So if you're looking to do some holiday shopping, do us a favor, all right? It's going to help us out. Go to the heroesofnoise.com. Click on the Amazon affiliate link. It's just an Amazon link. Sounds fancy, but it's just an Amazon link. And just do us a favor and make your purchases through that portal. Now, you're not, it's not going to be any more expensive to you. Listen to that. Uh, 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 hold on. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, I was off one. All right, so check this out. I was trying to be serious about this. Go to Amazon through our webpage. And what this is for, this is brand new to us here because we get tired of. Uh, we don't really like to say, hey, you know, go onto our PayPal and uh, give us money because, you know, and I don't want to talk about it too much because it's going to take down the show. But what you do is you go to Amazon through our webpage and you just make your regular purchases and it just gives us a little bump. OK, helps us pay for things like the, you know, the the RSS feed, what we call Libsyn, uh, the Web page, things like that. We don't want to trouble you too much. So why not do that? It makes it very easily. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? It makes it pretty easy, right? Absolutely. And, and it's no cost to you. You're just doing us a favor because we're here for you every week and you love us and we love you. That's it. So, see, I probably could have done that all the way through the music, but you still, you're fucking me up with that whole uh, gap thing. Gee, well, you, I did not, G. Now, so, listen, people. <laughs> I feel I wired on coffee every, today, man. Was that okay? I see. Of course, I'm perfect. Right, good. I love every single one of y'all. Every single one of the people that listen, I love you. I love Everybody. However, there's one thing that y'all have to chill with doing. And it happened to me this week. It's oddly enough, it happened to me this week. And it really got me to thinking for about three hours about off and on about how annoying this. So I've done something annoying. You didn't do it. Oh, okay. People do it. But I'm sure you've done it. I've probably done it. Um, So here's a normal thing. Hey, Steve. um, Hey, you should come out to drinks for with us. And I say. You know what? No, I'm not going to go. And what do they inevitably say? Oh, what's your problem? You're not a friend? Why not? Oh, why not? Why not? Okay. I'm not four years old. Why do I have to give you a reason why I'm not going to go? Because there's no good reason you're going to accept as a good enough reason. Nothing. Unless I say I'm sick. But the best reason and the most honest reason is the worst reason for you. I'd rather chill at home. I don't want to hang out That's going to be offensive. Exactly. I want to chill tonight. What? That is the honest reason. So what do you go with? What's the then? worst reason to give you? Exactly. No, I mean, seriously, like, we, what, what is your, what do you tell them? Um, I'm just like, uh, I make up something. <laughs> so you lie. But see, but see, yes. But see, what it should be is you don't ask. It's none of your business why I don't want to go. It should just be no, unless I was four years old. Then you could ask me why I'm not going. Or if I had... Like, who, who asks four-year-olds out for drinks, you know? But that's... You're treating me like a child I now. understand. Why don't you want to go? Because the thing is, if I had small children, I get it. That's why you would ask, saying, oh, do you need a baby? It's son? a wonderful well, trunk card, dude. That. It really is to have kids, small kids and be like, eh, it's just the kids. It exactly. gets out of everything. And if... And if you ask me, saying, oh, do you need babysitting? Well, that makes sense of why, because you're thinking, oh, maybe they need babysitting. But... You cannot say, oh, I, oh uh, why, why not? Why not? Why do you need to know that? Just know that they said, no, I'm not going to go. And let it go. People, the why not has to go. If you ask somebody out somewhere and they say, no, walk. Don't say, oh, why not? Because there's no good answer they can give you. That's, and trust me, any answer they do give you, 
is going to be either a lie or they don't want, they're going to give you information that they didn't want to give you in the first place. Oh, well, you know, I have the runs. They didn't want to say <laughs> I've that. I got the hot shits. Sorry. Exactly. They don't want to say this. So you're making them give you information because otherwise they would have been like, no, I have something else to do. No, I have the kids. No, they would have give. they would have literally volunteered that information. So people, will you please chill with the why nots? If you ask somebody to go somewhere, the end. If they say no, done. Now I'm going to give you the flip side though, man, just so you're aware, because I don't know how often this comes up, but as someone okay. that did frequent <laughs> being in social situations where we were going out and having drinks and things like that, uh, the last four years of my life, that's all kind of been gone just because of how much work I was doing, right? So yes. I'll just warn you that if you continue to say, no, that's okay, I can't do it, they eventually stop asking, period. I feel like a, a hermit these days because I've lost a lot of my, I wouldn't say I've lost them, but they've stopped including me in things because I just, I don't go anywhere anymore. And when I'm, when I'm home and I it used to be like, well, I'm home, let's go out, let's go do something. A lot of times it is, I just want to chill now. And so they, they won't exactly. ask you anymore. So just be aware of that. I, you know what? The people that are going to ask are normally out of my circle. So I will be okay Your with that. Your tight circle? Yes, very. <laughs> yes, yes. You're tight. What you say? Your, it's your tight grooved circle. I think is what you said. My, my, my <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like for and for you, like you'll say if you ask me, uh, hey, you should go. Yeah, I know you're probably. Here's how Dan asked me. Um, I don't know if you're up for it, or I know you're probably busy, but uh, would you really? Would you want to go get some drinks or something like that? That's what you'll say, and I will offer you the reason why. And I'll be honest with Dan. Dan, I will not lie. I'll be like, I'm freaking comfortable right now. I'm chilling. And if Dan really wants me to go, he'll be like, oh, come on. I think this is a good idea. Okay. Well, then I'll go. But if I don't offer that information, don't oh, Just be honest and say I'm not into that. You've said that before, too. Like I was asking you for, what is it, next week, uh, Jim Brewer, comedian Jim Brewer's coming to town. Yeah, doing a little meet and greet. Exactly. I like Jim Brewer. He's exactly. not my favorite, but he's a hell of a storyteller. And I was like, Steve, you want to come out with Gail and I go see Jim Brewer? He's like, nah, son. I don't even like Jim Brewer. And that's, an honest, <laughs> that's honest. So, you know, I, I appreciate yeah, that. And I'm always honest with that because Dan doesn't take offense. And if Dan takes offense, he'll tell me, I'm, you know what, dude? I always, he'll, he'll, he'll have a talk with me if he takes, but I, I go, like with Dan, I'm going to go probably if I'm not doing anything because I know, I know what it's going to mean to hang out with Dan. Some people, I don't know what it's going to mean to hang out with them. I know that it could either go one way or it can go the other way. Did they drink too much? Are we going to play? Dude, I was asked to play beer pong. Is that an insult to you? Well, I'm not like 12. How many 12-year-olds do you know are playing beer pong? I'm, well, I consider 12-year-olds like 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds. <laughs> They're all in the same freaking They're group. They're adorable, aren't they? They're all, yeah, because when I see them around uh, Fresno City, I'm just like, geez, you guys look young. But for me, I play for fun. You know, uh, you know, it's, you know, hey, let's, okay, I'll do it. But I'll walk away being like, oh, I don't, I don't ever have to do that again. I can relate. And so I would rather have like, here's my dream. Oh, people, you just unlocked something. Here's my dream that I, I don't know if this really happens. I'll be watching a movie, a civilized movie, because that's all I watch. I'll be watching a movie and they'll have like a get together and you'll see people like sitting on chairs with wine and like walking around the house and you'll zero in on one conversation. They're talking politics, another conversation, they're talking jazz, another talk, they're talking, you know, music or some people's talking about the kids and they're out. You know, that's my dream get together. 
But I don't think those actually happen, G. I've never been invited to one. It was happening for me last night. See, that's dope. Now, I'm saying in other than family, though, like if you have a group of friends, is that happening? Are they with wine walking around kind of talking about philosophy and stuff? Um, how will I put this? Probably. I think it's a certain demographic of people that do that. Yeah. I think it's out there. It's, oh, it's just not in your. What's the demographic? I don't, I don't know. I'm just, you know. <laughs> 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 it's not in your tight grooved circle i know that that's not you're in but you will talk that i can talk whatever I'm, I'm that's what i'm saying but you will talk philosophy and you will talk ideas i don't know if i'll be talking philosophy like i don't even really truly know like i'll give you my philosophy exactly but you will talk about something other not like talking about socrates and shit like that no but i'm saying we're not going to talk about how the freaking cowboys are doing well, that's, we just that's sports talk, and I don't do that. And if you ever ask exactly. me to talk sports talk, I'm just going to tell you now, it ain't happening. Fuck off. I don't like it. I don't like to question who's your team. <laughs> I don't like it when I, I don't do. like it when people call teams we. Oh, that's the worst, man. You know, that's a gripe. That's my, you know, uh -oh, can I give you a pet peeve? Yeah, please. There we go. All right, man. Okay. All right. Let me tell you motherfuckers right, right now. <laughs> I hate that so much, man, when people are like, Ooh, listen to that ring. That is a very long Yeah, that sound. thing is just like, bing, bing. <laughs> that ring really and rang the boxer, out. Yeah, the boxers are sitting in there. They're like, are we going shall now? I, shall I now? Do we wait? <laughs> <laughs> do we wait in our quarters right. till this thing stops? Noted. Bring the volume down when I do okay. that one. Um, yeah, I, what is that about we? I hate sports talk so much. I hate it so much. Like, I don't mind sports. Uh, I, I don't have a team. I'm not a sports guy. But when you say, oh, we, we killed it. We won last night. You didn't do shit. You sat on your fat ass and you drank beer and you watched the thing. Baseball talk makes me insane. Like, I would rather watch two flies fuck than watch a baseball game. You know what I mean? Like, it's the, it's, that would be it is the worst. And see, but it would be interesting, right? Baseball is not. Now, I know people are like, what? That's crazy. I hate this time of year when people start talking about the Dodgers and the Giants. People are so mean to each other. No, it's all in fun and rivalry. Yeah, but you sound like assholes on Facebook. You really do. I don't like it. So stop saying we because you're not there doing that. You're just a this spectator. Is a bad gripe. I hate it. Uh, okay, here's it's the stupid. thing. Stupid. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say about sports talk. Um, I don't say we. I always say my Lakers. Oh, that's right. You are a sports my guy a little bit, huh? Yeah, but I'm only only basketball. Only basketball. And the thing is, I won't say we though. The we thing I got over. I never said we only because. But you know what I'm talking um, about, right? Oh, for sure. Be like, we are killing them. We uh, are destroying. Yeah, we're 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 getting uh we're getting Daz whatever. I don't even I can't even quote a football name. Um, but for me, I think it's I think it's a it's a game. Or no, here's what I think, and, and my I might be wrong, but a lot of times it's when people have things that aren't going or. It gives you something to root for. Someone's winning on your behalf. It may not be you winning, but at least someone is winning for you. And it gives you a thought of, I am kind of winning. Because someone's Listen, winning. I'm all for sportsmanship and I'm all for, you know, it's not my thing. Even though I can appreciate it, I can go to a game and appreciate it. I'm, I'm all for that. It's just the whole we thing. And, and do you know what I'm talking about? That aggressive it's oh, all in course. fun. It's all in fun. But it's that aggressive attitude towards each other that I, I just don't like it, man. Well, see, I think we're going to be careful about going to Johnny Bucks' uh, neck of the woods because they take their football fairly seriously.
Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'll just be like, <laughs> I'll just be did. like, Johnny, dress me up, <laughs> dress me. Up. Yeah, for tell real. me what to say, and I mean, I'll say it. Just give me a, just nudge me when I'm supposed to say that shit. But also, you know, one thing I don't understand of all, there's two. Well, other than what's that thing that they kind of broom in front of it? They 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 hit the thing on the ice and curling. Broom. Yeah, th- that's one of them. But b- curling, baseball, and hockey—I never will understand the fascination. You know what? I'm going to take that back for a second. I actually enjoy Uh-oh. hockey. Hockey's fun. You know why? Because oh, no, people throw down yeah, on the ice. But once in a great while, I used to go. There was this team. I don't even think they're around anymore. It's called the Fresno Falcons. Do you remember that? I think they are. I think. They I are. thought it was the Monsters now. But anyway. I used to go to these all the time as a kid. They would throw down all the time. Like it was expected. And there was rivalries amongst the teams. I don't remember any of these, but there was just one guy. I can't remember his name, but every time that dude came around, because my, my dad used to take me to hockey all the time. People just hated that guy. It was almost like wrestling, but real. You yeah. know, and these dudes would yeah. throw down. I enjoy that. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> not the violence. Yeah. Okay. You know, it is the violence, actually. <laughs> I, yeah. I think <laughs> hockey is not, I'll say it's not for a certain demographic. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead, you racist <laughs> bastard. Say it. <laughs> It's not for it. Certain. Day. I'll walk into the stadium and be like, oh, there's a lot of red hats here. Mm. I got to get I out. Think you're, I think you're off. <laughs> I think you're off on that one. Oh, I damn. You're off base. That's not true. I am totally I'm just on say base. what you're trying not to say. Do you think that black people don't like hockey? I know black people don't like hockey. Are you speaking for all black people? Are you, have you, have you really stepped up to that podium? Most black people don't like hockey. It's just not our I thing. I need to see numbers, man. You've Bruh, said it a couple times. Okay. You've, you've, you've used that we a couple times. Here's you've what I'll tell we, you. Hockey like is... Here's the thing. Hockey is... If you're going to compare black folks that like basketball, black, people, black folks that like football to black people that like hockey, it's, I would say, more black folks like golf than hockey. And tennis. I will go tennis, too. Tennis than, than hockey. Maybe um, maybe black Americans. And that is definitely our demographic now. Black Americans, I think, is what you're getting at, bro. But I think if you had, like, like black Canadians, they get down for their hockey. I'm not buying it. First of all, black Canadians is a strong word. It's a great band name. <laughs> I think, okay, you know what? Since we got the time, I'm going to go, I'm going to say that there are that there are not a lot of represent representations of black folks in Canada. If we're not talking about, you know, I mean, we do have Drake kind of in a way, sort of, um, <laughs> Is he that? we have Glenn Lewis. We have, you, you already said more names than I know. I was just trying to provide a conversation. Yeah. We, gee, we don't have, that's not a, a big, I wish that we did. I wish we just, you know, we had, we were, I mean, we are there, but gee, black Canadians liking hockey, that still says black folks don't like hockey. Because I guarantee there's not a whole bunch of black Canadians. There are a few, but we don't make up a big percentage. And of that percentage, an even less percentage likes hockey. I need numbers. I'm telling you, bro. I need numbers. This is just all babble coming out right now. I need numbers. Hold on. I'm about to put black folks hockey. <laughs> Do black people like hockey? That's what you need to put. I'm going to cross-reference, too. I'm going to do it on my side and see what I can come up with. They have the highest growth rate. What? But that, what does that even mean? But that's it. That, exactly. Wow. I tried to type, do black people like hockey? And it was like, do-do-do-do, but I'm the worst Oh, you know what? 
One great quote is, there aren't that many rinks in urban areas. That totally makes sense. When it's not afforded to you, it's not a thing that you watch. <laughs> that makes sense. How did I get, dude, I'm the worst on my phone. Now it's like, do black people hickey? <laughs> wow. Do you, like, do you like hickeys? Did you give hickeys when you were a teenager? Hell no. It's gross, huh? I, I'm about to get racist. Now I'm not going to say Man, you're on nope. fire. So you're, is this your, <laughs> new, is this your uh, post-Thanksgiving resolution that you're oh, just going to be as racist no. as you can be, Steve? No, I'm being, here's the thing, though. I think that there's certain things. I think you should go, hi, I'm we, Steve Hudson, comma, racist. I know. I am the black person. spoke. I don't think black folks do hickeys, G. When's the last time we've seen a black dude with a hickey? You got a point. I tried. You know what? It's like when the last time. I, yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and say it this time because you, you, you represent. I think it's a Mexican thing. Now, I'm Mexican, so don't trip out. Shut the fuck up. Don't at me. Y'all like to give hickeys a lot. And it's like a, uh, what, what is a hickey? Like, what does it symbolize is what I'm wondering. Is that like ownership? That's what I think. Um, I, I think it like is. I, and the reason I say it is I've known several Mexican girls that, that uh, are big on hickeys. And it's just like a marking the territory situation. But it just makes you look that like you got AIDS sense. on your neck. <laughs> it totally makes sense. Terrible. You know, and it's okay. So I found I found the stat. Nine percent right. of African Americans are, um, they are, um, like from where they did it. Where they they did it in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I think and you're making this said, up right now because you're like you're you could just be reading the facts. No, no, no. Check this out. In Chicago, the number of African Americans who, who identify them. As very or somewhat interested. Wait, are the Hawks a. I thought the Hawks was a. Chicago Hawks are a hockey team, huh? I didn't know this that. is why we don't have a sports podcast. OK, here, no, here it is. OK, the number of things increased from 12 percent to 21 percent are interested in. Right. Okay. And they said the people who watched a Hawks game on TV, listened to the radio, grew from 28 percent. To 37. This is in a black area. And they now check this out. They made up 9% of Hawks fans in 2014, up from 7% in 2011. Now, compare that with NBA fans. 50% well, say that they yeah. watch the NBA. And, you know, and that's, that's a given, though, because there's obviously a lot more basketball in urban areas. That makes I, I understand what you're saying. But I was just, the whole point of my story was that, uh, or my, my argument is that I think you just loosely went. We don't like hockey. No, but I'm right, I wanted though. to see numbers. But like the numbers bear them okay. out. Well, you've given me numbers now, so I'll accept that. But you were just going off the cuff. And I refuse to believe because, off the cuff. Bro, I'm connected mentally with all. I had to go through my fucking mental situation. You're the Borg or something? You're just, <laughs> we as a collective. <laughs> Turns out we don't like hockey. Had to put out the, um, the, the beacon. We do not Turns appreciate we hockey. <laughs> we, the black collective of America, do not appreciate hockey. You know what's funny? I I actually am going to study uh, this this week because I want to know because Serena and Venus definitely are killing in tennis. So I think I'm wondering if we like that and then Tiger kind of was killing in um, uh, golf. So I'm like, I bet you we like golf and tennis more than we like hockey. Because we don't have a representative like a they probably are and I just don't know them, but we don't have like a superstar around the world representative in hockey. That makes us be like, ooh, hockey. Type in famous, or excuse me, uh, most famous black hockey player. 
I don't even know if that's a good, you know, search, but try that. And then we're going to get down to business, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. Steve and I are catching up. And then I could, I could actually tweet him and be like, gee, what are you doing? That's what I should do. (laughs) (laughs) You're Fucking Steve. Uh, it says Dust oh, What? Dustin Bifluglian. That's a black name? That's what I said. I think he's from another country. You ain't slick. <laughs> Dustin Bifluglian. Right, okay, Jerome. He was okay, born now in we're, we're getting Jerome. close now. We're getting better. There we go. Uh, Jerome Iginla. Iginla Grant Fuhr. Wow. Oh, he was 1962. Oh, they had to go that far back. <laughs> Gee. I don't, don't want to play hockey. Get in there and play hockey. But I Get don't want to. <laughs> your, your last name, you can't play basketball. Um, we have a few, but we have a few. So apparently the most famous one is Grant Fior. That is not a black name. Am I right? Wait a minute. He was he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2003. Wow. Wow. With five Stanley Clubs. You know what, Doug? Maybe you got to go back to the drawing board on this one, Steve. Never mind. I don't see any other Hall of Famers. Dang it. Hmm. Let's change we that. We have one. Well, the thing is, normally we get in there and kill all sports. I think hockey is still one where we're kind of just like, eh, ice and skates. We'll get to I it. About <laughs> we'll get to it sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee the first the first black folks that walk onto the cur- cur- curling court, they're gonna be like, "Dang, they even playing this!" I'm like, all right, we gotta we gotta figure out another sport. We're gonna do we're gonna do well in hockey. I think I think we're gonna do. I think I think 2019 uh, is your maybe year. I, maybe I should try. Maybe I should try hockey. Why not? Right? You do backflips and shit. You podcast. You that. juggle. You sing. You play piano. You're kind of a quadruple. Uh, Threat, I guess you could say. You do all kinds of shit. So why not try hockey? Did I tell you I took up calligraphy? Shut up. You didn't take up calligraphy. I, I bought a fountain pen. I oh, yeah, yeah. You told me about the fountain pen, but you didn't tell me that you yeah. t- you've taken up calligraphy. So what are you going to do? You're going to send a fucking sparrow to somebody? No, what happens is they say if you take up something like that, when you write, you pay attention to what you're writing a lot more and you start remembering what you're writing because you're focusing on what you're writing now. It makes a difference in your brain. It's not like you're just writing. You're actually focusing on what you're writing, making you think about what you're going to write. Are you going to get yourself a candle and melt the wax and then put a stamp on it? And- I was thinking about it. I was thinking about getting that weird, that weird stamp thing that closes the envelope and starting everything with dearest whoever. <laughs> dearest Dan. Dearest Dan. It's been a fortnight since we've last seen each other. I fear we may not make it through the month as the winter is cold and cold as it ever has been. I know. I I Skype Johnny Bucks and Bucks is like, hey, what's up? I was like, yeah, I need you to do a voiceover for the letter I'm writing. He'll be like, wait, what? Can you you voice over my letter, please? It makes it sound a lot more professional. Come on. What what was his? He hasn't said it for a while because I haven't talked to Bucks for a while, but he used to hit us up with a... Cheers. Hello, chaps. This is Johnny Bucks. I can't do Johnny Bucks. Johnny Bucks has a very, he has a very, um, 
stylish he accent. He got a deep voice. He talks like he's got big balls. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Oh. Johnny Bucks. I big ball Johnny oh. Bucks. All right. We're going to get to it. But people, first of all, your pet peeve was a lot better than mine, dude. Yeah, but it kind of fell flat. You know why? Because I'm looking at our content of what we need to do. So I sort of cut it back. Or maybe I just lost my fight. I'm not sure. But uh, but it's a I good, don't like it. It was a good. I'm just telling you, I don't like it. I totally understand. I think mine was just a. Uh, now, I think I'm just going to. I'm going to be real with people when they say, um, well, why not? I'm going to tell them I don't need to tell you that. I'm just going to be honest. What do I have to lose? I'm 40, G. I should be able to just say, I don't have to tell you that. Yeah, I'm a big, like, I subscribe to you get what you see. That's it. I'm sorry? Like, in other words, I don't, like, what you're saying, I don't, you know, I don't have to explain myself. This is me. You know me. Like, this, you get what you see. What you see is what you they get, is even, what I'm trying yeah. to say. I'm sorry. I, I fucked that they, all up. But what you see is what you get. Like, this is me. I'm not going to, I'm not Dan. It's not work Dan versus home Dan. Now it's just all kind of Dan, you know? You know what else is part of Dan? This third leg. Oh. TV. Oh. <laughs> what have you been watching, my friend? And A, if you guys have pet peeves, please send in the pet peeves. And the d- explanation for the pet peeve. You got to tell me when it happened to you and what is your solution? We can't just do pet peeves and then say, anyway, that's something I hate. Tell me in a perfect world what would you do? What would you have done instead? What would you like people to do instead of this pet peeve? We need to make this world a better place. And the way we do that is solutions to your pet peeves. But I really want to hear your pet peeves because you might get me mad secondhand mad. And I'll be mad on your behalf at people who have done that. Steve's going to get all fired up. I will, dude. You know how I get fired up on behalf of people. So please send in your pet peeves. I would love to hear them. All right. So I'll get to what I'm talking about, man. Um, I watched a movie, and I know you watched it too. This is a Netflix Blumhouse production, brother, and it is called Cam. Alice is an ambitious Cam girl. She wakes up one day to discover she's been replaced on her show with an exact replica of herself. This movie was actually done, and I don't have the lady's name handy, but she was actually a sex worker. She actually did Cam work, and she wrote this movie. So there's definitely going to be some... some uh, I've never watched Cam. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, um, Cam girls, I should say. Uh, I'm no stranger to uh, pornography. I'm a grown-ass man. I'm just letting you know. But cam work has never been my thing. So this is kind of new on me. But from what I understand, because she wrote this movie, there was a lot of like genuineness to it. You know what I mean? So I'm curious, uh, what's your take on cam before I give mine? I think cam was an interesting movie because what it's doing, the premise is very smart. The premise is very, very, uh, it's a very unique premise. Because I didn't know what it was about. I preferred not to see it. So when I started watching it, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then when the twi- when that, that I, the, 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 the um, identical t- thing that's on the screen, I was like, oh, well, this just got interesting. Because I didn't know where it was going. And I think some people, if you have a chance, if you refer this movie, don't tell them where it's going. Because that's, otherwise, there's no shock to the twi- I don't even know why they put that in the description. Like, just have people watch the movie and be like, oh, crap. That was a twist. I thought the twist was interesting. But the execution of the twist, I did not like. But the thing is, the theme was high enough for me to like it, though. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. But the execution of it, um, and even the ending, it just, it didn't work for me. I, and the, and, but it was enough for me to watch the whole movie, because I was just like, hey, this is, again, I had never heard of a storyline like this. I'm like, what would I do if I looked on a screen and saw me? 
Like what would be the following things I do? But I just, I think that it's not a script. Pro- it might be, I don't know, but the execution of it throughout um, once, once it happens, it's good, 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 good. But then the third act just falls apart. Everything falls apart in the third act. Cause when she figures out, when she f- looks at herself, her reaction is exactly the reaction that I would have. It was so good and so genuine, but then it just falls, you know, the third act, they don't know exactly how to land the, actually stick the landing at all. And so by the end, I was like, oh man. Like, I was like, really this? Yeah. Because it could have been really good. Yeah. But literally, I'm just like, I don't even know what happened. Like, I don't know why this worked for the, for it to, like, at the end, I don't even know why the solution worked. I have no idea. I just was like, okay. But what I will say is Madeline Brewer was great. And I didn't know she was, I, I knew I recognized her. But I didn't know where from. Until um, when I was like, uh, I looked up her IMDb, I was like, Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale, Tale. that's it. I was like, that's where I, and I didn't know, because I was like, where have I seen her before? But I was like, oh, for the the time I watched it, she was a big deal in the section that I watched. Watch it, if only just for her. She, She is committed. She is fully committed to this part. It just doesn't stick the landing for me. What about you? Uh, by the way, first off, I want to say that it, it was written by Issa Mazel. Mazai? M-A-Z-Z-E-I. I just wanted to at least give props to the person that wrote the movie. For sure. I'm with you, dude. Uh, it was interesting to the point where it literally held my interest throughout the movie, right? I was able to yes. watch the whole movie without turning it off. But I do think that it fell apart in the, la- in the last act as well. It was kind of, you know, it's based on ratings. Like I said, I don't check this kind of stuff out, you know, on, on the internet. But it's it, it has to do a lot with your your rating system and how how far you rank. Maybe that's a better word, ranking, yes. you know, and, and her whole point is she wanted to be above 50 to begin with. And um, she does some pretty interesting things to make that happen. You know, it's it's a, it's Netflix, so it's not necessarily pornographic, but you do see what they're alluding to, uh, to the point where she's simulating suicide. So to see the thing, the lengths that she goes through to make these things happen, you know, even to the point of like teaming up with somebody to really knock the number out of the park. And that's when all this starts to take place. Uh, the craziness, I should say. Uh, I found it very interesting. You know, she had her regulars that would, that would, I don't even know what you call, I'm sure there's like a term that you call these people that are like your regulars that go on there and request whatever you do on the cam. And then you have like, they give you yes. tokens and whatnot for that. I found all of that very interesting. Uh, I found the characters that she was associating with very interesting too. And uh, one of the guys that I'm talking about, I think he did a great job, even though he was a total freak. Uh, Patch Derek, I think his name is, and is he plays a character called Tinker. Very creepy dude. He was like in love with her, I guess, and he he moved to her <laughs> moved to her area. And it's like he's not the key to the problem, but he's definitely in the know of what's going on. And, I uh, still don't know how that. I don't. Yeah, know. and that's what I was going to say I, is that like <laughs> they try to like put it out there. They almost say it directly, like this is what it is. And I still had trouble kind of locking on to to what it was. I think that this movie was um, it was a nice first attempt. You know what I mean at at, at something like this for Blumhouse because it's it's it is different than everything that I've seen Blumhouse put out so far. It's it's an original type of a movie, but like you said, I do think that it falls apart in the end. I think that um, like I never really understood what was going on you know you don't want you don't you don't want to blow the end of it for people that haven't seen this movie yet right yeah i don't know yeah even watching the end i don't know i don't know i don't know why that worked i don't know 
Yeah, it's it's just it just sort of <laughs> fell apart for me. And when I when it was over, I was just kind of like, okay, like I it, put it this way, I've never been so wowed by a Blumhouse movie that I, I'm going to put it in the top movie of the year or anything like that. A better way of putting it is there's been some Blumhouse movies that I've very much enjoyed, and there's been some that I completely couldn't stand. Yeah, like Get Out is their star right, right. now. Right. Another great one was like Happy Death Day. I love that movie. I love the wit in that movie. I thought it was a not only yes i love that it, movie that was it great had, it had comedy yes. and it was a thriller at the same time but then you take a movie like you take a movie like um oh god i'm sorry i'm blanking right now but it's right on the tip of my truth or dare is what i'm looking at and that movie was just god awful yes uh, and if you enjoyed it more power to you folks but i just could not stand that movie it's kind of like they took the <laughs> best elements of a movie and the worst elements of the blumhouse movies and they just sort of put yes. it together and they said let's let's just let's just yes. completely make this thing take a nosedive at the end so do I think it's worth a watch? I think that's just completely up to what you enjoy in a movie. Um, you know, don't take our word for it because we just have opinions, but I do think that we share the same opinion that this movie falls apart in the end. I'm going to go ahead and rate this movie right now, Steve. I think that I'm going to go ahead and give this movie 2.5 out of 5 tokens. It's just a movie. It exists. I will go there. That's my rating. Yeah, that's my rating. Yeah. I, uh, you know what? I would say for, for me, 2.5 on the other way, though. I would say it's worth a watch only for the premise. The premise is more, and Brewer, it's worth it only for the premise. And she's great. Brewer is great. She does a fantastic movie. job. There's no, and, and matter of fact, I will say one thing about it. There is a scene at the end where they get their gore on pretty well. Like there's some very good makeup art going on in this movie. Yes, totally. There's totally. a part where, you know, she uh, she faces the antagonist, we'll say that. And she has a little challenge with this antagonist. And it's uh, the challenge is about who's going to do more. And uh, Brewer does it, bro. Like she, <laughs> she, oh, like that yes. was good. Would you not agree with me? I know you know what I'm talking about. Would you not agree that the makeup was fantastic? Yes, that, I, that's part the part right I didn't there. understand. Yeah, I, did, I just didn't understand like why. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. And I just, it just, <laughs> and even when it was explained, you know, spelled out for me, I'm just like, Okay, sure. If that's what you say, if that's what but you I say. will give it two point five for yeah, sure. Yeah, but you know, it's a it's a take it or leave it kind of movie. But if you want to see something that's a, it's an original take on something. I recommend checking it out. But don't sure. don't expect to be paid off in the end. I think that's no. a fair thing to say. That's totally fair. Yeah. So totally two point five out of five tokens, ladies and gentlemen. It, that leads me into another movie that tries to make use of the webcam thing. And I think he does it to an extraordinary degree. Yeah, we're going um, to the opposite end of the spectrum now. The opposite end of the, and they actually did a fantastic job with it. Um, it's called Searching. Have you heard of Searching? I have seen Searching. So yes, I have heard of it. Oh, see, I was on the late show then. Yeah. Everyone's seen this movie because I've talked to other people about it. They're like, uh-huh. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> thought i was a, you know kind of got a cool movie in the mail and i thought i was kind of a um a you thought, you, no, like, you, thought you were cutting edge huh i oh, really man. did dude it's an older movie um, so i think a lot of people have seen it already but yeah i, I checked it out I, I well i'm gonna let this is yours go for it well i would say this does what this does before i even start i'm gonna say that any filmmaker this is one of those movies that you, sh you have to watch and i think you only have to watch it because they do something so spectacular in this movie that 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 is very hard to do they make a whole movie from webcam not webcam but pretty much webcam everything has to happen on the internet 
even the news clips on this movie are on the internet. And um, similar to like Unfriended, wouldn't you say? I mean, uh, as far as the the premise of it or how it's how it's laid out for you. But on a this person took it and exploded it. Now they're like, we're going to take what they did and make it correctly. And um, and they actually uh, it's about John. uh, Everybody knows John Cho and John Cho uh, is a father of a daughter and they're having conversations with each other online. And from this online conversation, he realizes that his daughter is missing. And that's all it is, is him going through what a father would go through in order to find his daughter. And they do it all from the viewpoint of online uh, activities, which is freak at, in my brain. You can't do it because you just can't because you're like, well, then how, if there's no, you're not having conversations with people. How do you have conversations with people? And then you realize, oh, there's FaceTime. Oh, you can also use hidden video. I mean, they do so many different things in this movie that are just absolutely brilliant. Um, I would also say that this movie falls apart a little bit in the third act, but not to the degree of Cam. There are still things that happen at the end that you're just like, okay. But throughout the movie, the fact that John Cho is able to do a character, there are no, there are no glitzy cameras He's literally using a GoPro and he's acting into the GoPro. That is hard. There's no one to bounce off of except for a few times he's actually in another a room with someone else. And I think that only happens twice in the movie. Everything else, he's actually, he's acting to a camera. And a matter of fact, one of the um, uh, Deborah Messings in this movie, and they actually did their scenes at different times from each other. So they weren't even interacting really. Which is incredible to me, because I couldn't tell. I could not tell, but I think Searching is a great movie for creatives, movie makers, uh, even, I would even say writers, who decide, who want to find out a different and very interesting way of telling a story. They even do this thing where you can tell who someone, uh, what someone is uh, thinking, or what someone is, oh, you know what, I shouldn't say that, because they type it and then they erase it. And I was like, well, that's a way to do that. I wouldn't have thought of doing that, well, but uh, it's a great, I, I thought, I like at the end of the movie, regardless of its little glitches at the end, I was like, now that's a movie. I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. And especially they did a very up thing in the first five minutes of this movie. It was like up. They kind of took you through the life of certain characters in just a few minutes. And I'm not going to tell you how they did it, but when you watch it, they do this all on computer and it's brilliant in my opinion. What did you think? I'm right there with you, man. Um, I don't necessarily think that it fell apart in the last act like the other one did. I think that this was just something that I really see. I haven't seen Unfriended. So it puts a benchmark of where these kind of movies should be. I think that it was very well executed. I think that um, I think I really just enjoyed the whole story. I loved John Cho's sense of desperation in this movie and how hard he went to try and make this happen. I love the way that it lays out and how you sort of find things out as the movie goes along. You know, you find out that he hasn't been getting the whole story. Uh, he's, he's completely yes. oblivious to what's really been going on in this movie. Which, as a parent, makes total sense. Right. Because we know only so much. Yeah. But it's not until you dig, because I'm sure if I dug into my son's life, I'd be like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So it's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's just things that as we as human beings don't tell everyone. 
you know, and, and you, you he had and as, as a father, particularly, he had to find this all out. And it wasn't anything too crazy, but it was just like she was living a life that he didn't even realize was going on. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. I honestly, when I saw the preview, I didn't think that it was going to be something that would truly work. Um, walking through going back to when we went to Hollywood Horror Nights, I was trying to figure out why they would do an unfriended maze. It really didn't make sense to me. And I still have yet to see that movie. But this was just it just worked for me like the entire thing i'm not even the biggest john show fan it took me a long time to get over his whole milf 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 thing you know what i mean from uh, american pie (laughs) but he's turning out to be a fantastic actor and he just pulls this one off all the way man i I was highly entertained the entire time i liked deborah messing's character uh the way that that everything turns out at the end was i guess you could say a little bit on the cliche side if you really had to like they took they went to page 76 of, of uh horror movie oh, endings dude. and they said let's dude. do that but that was my problem yeah but it was i don't think it was so bad that it was worth knocking just me personally oh no no I think no, no, that no, it worked no, just no, fine no, for no. the type of movie that it actually yes. was so yes. yeah so you know by all means i do recommend going to check this movie out i think it's highly entertaining you don't have to go and check it out just rent it now because it's out of the theaters it's been out of the theaters for a while if you guys haven't caught on yet this isn't the show where we're talking about every single new movie that's coming out we we, we watch things and we talk about them and this is what we did and yeah so i i highly recommend it man um are you ready for a rating system on this one um, I'm going to do, since this mostly, because it happens, most of it is shot from the viewpoint of the most awesome computer ever man to man, made to mankind. I will give it, oh man, because I liked it. Make no mistake, I really like this movie. The ending didn't work for me. You know how I am with sticking the landing. Yeah. I'm going to give it, oh shoot. I'm going to give it three apples. Yeah, three. Three apples. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I think you're going like for max or something. But I understand what you're saying. Okay, three apples it is. I think I'm right along there with you, man. I'm going to go ahead and give it three apples. Uh, I don't like that, dude. I don't like that one. Can we call it, can we call it MacBooks instead? Three MacBooks. Really give, who gives a shit, right? You really don't, yeah, for <laughs> no, one, no one gives a shit. <laughs> call it, Steve's like, call it whatever the fuck you want. No one really cares. Yeah. Sure. Three apples it is, man. Three apples. Yeah. Uh, I like I'm right along thing, with you. It, it's highly entertaining. It, yes. But it's not the best thing I've ever seen. But again, no. much like the movie that we just talked about, it's laid out to me personally as something that I had never seen before. And I can see exactly. that. I think that Cam totally took the cues from this one. I think obviously Unfriended should get the credit for doing something like this first. But I don't think that it left nearly the mark that this movie left. And, oh, and of course, no. Cam just doesn't doesn't uh, compare to this one. So as far as these type of movies reaches, go, yeah. this is the one. Oh, totally. And there were a few reaches. They had to reach where it's like, would that ever happen? It doesn't matter. You have to suspend your your disbelief. Just yeah. uh, just enjoy it. If enjoy you spend your time like, breaking okay, down a movie that like while you're watching it, thank this you. wouldn't happen. This wouldn't happen. What's the point I, of even watching the movie in the first? And place? I never even did it. There is not one part where I said that wouldn't. The whole time I was like, I'm in. And like I said, the only glitch was a part where I'm like, hey, you should have, there could have been a super dark ending that should have happened. I think the super dark ending should have happened. Super dark. Go dark, man. This is real life. (laughs) You know, yeah, I'll even agree with you on that too, man. Like I, um, with that, I've talked to a couple of people that are like, you never say what goes on in the movie. This isn't what we're trying to do. We're just trying to tell you, did we like it? Did we not like it? Should you check it out or shouldn't you? So if you want to find out what we're talking about, watch the damn movie. But I can see that too. I think that if, you know, if I had my druthers, if I was the writing person that, uh, if I wrote this movie 
I think that I would have gone with the darker ending myself. Because, yes, you know, yes, it's, so that's what these that's movies what are. Yeah, everything shouldn't be a yes. happy ending all the time. And I'm saying that as a father. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm trying to take my, my, my parental element out of this whole thing and just as a viewer, I think that yes. I agree with you that it should have gone dark. Yes. So, yes. I, but I would, the thing is, if it was on, um, here's the funny thing about this movie. I would never watch it again. Next up, uh, this isn't anything that I have been watching. Oh, you know what? We're not going to, we're skipping Walking Dead. I've decided I'm not going to talk about that. Oh, good. Because I fucking hate that show. Everybody, yeah, because everybody that's watching it watches it. It's great now, but everyone that's going to be watching it is going to watch it. No one's going to, if people dropped off, they, they're done with it. I, yeah, it I mean, that's matter. the thing. I, you know, I shouldn't judge it now because I haven't seen it in the last two seasons, but that show, it, is incredible. it bored me so much that I just don't want to go back to it anymore. And I got to be I honest totally, with you, I cannot stand Carol. I can't. And and I'm not even a big fan of Daryl, to be that to be honest with you. It's just not my show. So as opposed to like bagging on it, because I know there are people exactly. out there that love it. I mean, they have freaking conventions yeah. about it. Well, there's a new show runner. This woman named Andrea, Angela Yang, she is a destruction zone. Like, she doesn't let things uh, go like, uh-oh, there's a new bad guy. It gets killed within one episode. You're like, oh. She's like, yeah, we're not messing around. Either you're going to make it or you're not going to make it in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. You know, to be fair... like. To, to be fair, I've heard a lot of people say that exactly what you just said, that it's better now. Ooh. I hear, uh, and again, I've lost track of the names, but I guess Rick Grimes' daughter is really good in it now. Oh, she's, re- dude, and Michonne is, anyway, anyway, let's go on, let's move yeah, forward. but not a Walking Dead fan, okay. so, you know, watch it or don't, okay. I don't care. Now, this is something that I can't really talk too much about for a couple of different reasons, okay? First of all, all right. I'm not a huge video game guy anymore. I used to like them, but when I started working, I just really lost, tr- I, I just couldn't focus on these games because if I get into a game, I am going to play the shit out of this thing and I'll probably end up just ignoring everything around me. I try not to do yes. that. That's a policy of mine. I try not to do that. That said, I just picked up Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh-huh. And uh, again, as someone that doesn't game a lot, I have fallen in love with this game. I've only got to play it a few it. times so far, man. And let me tell you what, as someone that doesn't play a lot, there is a learning curve with this one. Another thing I will say is uh, I'm getting old, man, because I don't know if you've noticed this or not and where you sit when you're playing a game. But why can't you have a setting where you can make the instructions a little bit bigger on the screen? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like when it's like, it'll tell you like press L2, press L whatever, R1. <laughs> I can't see that shit. I had to literally. <laughs> Dude, I'm serious. I had glasses what? on. I'm telling you the truth, man. I went to settings and I tried to like, I look, you can change everything but that. So yeah. maybe I'm just saying, yeah. maybe, maybe my reviews is I'm just an old man now. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, but in my defense, I've been blind as a bat since the fourth grade. So uh, that said, yeah, we're both yeah, blind. But yeah. to get, you know, I'm not even going to go off on that because it's more of like a, Felt like I was getting into Seinfeld territory or something like that. Red Dead Redemption 2, ladies and gentlemen, is fantastic. I found myself completely lost in this game. Not lost as in, I don't know what I'm doing, but yes. just the world kind of just disappeared around me, man. And it's it's got such a fantastic script. You know what? Let me talk about this a little bit real quick here. So I'm going to break this one down for you, or at least give you what this game's about. So America... 1899, the end of the Wild West era has begun as lawmen hunt down the last remaining outlaw gangs, those who will not surrender or succumb or killed. After a robbery goes badly wrong in the western town of Blackwater, Arthur Morgan, that's the key, that's the character in this game, and the Vanderlyn gang 
are forced to flee. With federal agents and the best bounty hunters in the nation massing on their hills, the gang must rob, steal, and fight their way across the rugged heartland of America in order to survive. As deepening internal divisions threaten to tear the gang apart, Arthur must make a choice between his own ideals and loyalty to the gang who raised him. From the creators of Grand Theft Auto V, I was going to actually bring that up, and Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption 2 is an epic tale of life in America at the dawn of a modern age. Out now on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One systems, people. Go out and get it right now. It's so much fun, man. Um, Now, what's cool, what I like about this game, did you ever play the first one, first of all? Uh, I played the zombie version. The zombie version. I heard that's cool. I did not play that one. Uh, I love how you can, it's almost a choose your own adventure at some point. Like, you have a storyline that you follow. And anyone that's like a real gamer, you're just going to laugh at my review because you can tell that I don't play a lot of video games. But I love that it's like a choose your own adventure kind of a situation. You know, like like as you go through the storyline and you start getting more missions and things like that, it's really up to you how you handle that. You you come into um, situations where it's like, you know, you you have someone cornered. You can question them or you can just kill them. You know, you can be merciless or you can, you can be merciful. And, and that really leads your character as far as honor goes or infamy goes. The choices that you make, you know, you can you can be walking through a town. I, I accidentally stole some biscuits off this dude's out of this dude's tent, and I got chased by the by the feds by the po po man. And uh, it's kind of scary because you got to haul ass, you got to get on a horse and haul ass, and you see like this red. The red will indicate like how close they are to you and how wanted you are. And uh, because I don't play these games a lot, it had my heart pumping, and I really didn't have that kind of experience with the game until I was going to say like Grand Theft Auto Five or any of the Grand Theft Auto games for that matter, uh, because I used to play those a lot. I like that intense feeling that you get and and how you can sort of just make this open world game work for you. And you can sort of, you know, you have missions that you have to complete, but it's up to you on how you complete them. And it's up to you how the game's going to end from what I understand. Um, I have to get back to this game. It's been kind of a busy, crazy holiday shuffle week and another reason why we didn't get this show out to you sooner. But uh, it's fantastic, man. And I know that you have a game that I loaned you a while back, but if you're interested, I'm happy to loan this one to you once I'm done with it. I'm stuck on that game, G. I'm I'm in love with the game you you, you lent me. I am in love. But anyway, this dude, what you're saying is pretty much the universal opinion. Um, uh, so I'm very eager to check it out one day. I'm very eager. To I won't BS anybody. I'm not the guy that's going to talk games. Uh, matter of fact, let me give a plug to my friend Sean, our friend Sean of the Horribly Awkward Podcast. If you want to talk about games and get good reviews and things like that, go to Horribly Awkward Podcast. He's got a great show and he talks games all the time. And this dude knows what the hell he's talking about. Uh, another one is um, Attention Deficit Order Radio. These guys know what the hell they're talking about and they talk video games very... Uh, you can tell that they're not bullshitting you because they are they play them all the time. I'm just telling you from a layman's point of view as someone that jumped into the video game and said, you know what, I, I'm like you say, Steve, you want to be in the conversation. I got into this game to be in the conversation and I ended up just being so much into the game that I, I don't really want to put it down. I'm sort of afraid to pick it back up again <laughs> because I, I get so into it. That is but uh, I give this one, uh, you know what, I'm going to give this one f- uh, as far again, you know, this is a this is a layman's rating, but I am going to give this one five out of five pistols, sir, because it is a fantastic game. That is Red Dead Redemption 2 or, you know, uh, as I want to I like to call it the game that I'm going to be buying in the next week. You don't have to, brother, because, oh, if you're going to buy it the next week, yeah, then you're on your own. Yes. You're on your own, sir. All right. So um, this next one that we're going to be talking about is uh, a movie that I really can't say a whole lot about because everything I say could possibly be a spoiler. <laughs> the way that he wrote it is that way. <laughs> and I've heard a few people review this movie and I'm just like, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. Why did you say that? 
Because there are very important things that you should not know. Would you agree, Dan? Yeah, for sure. I think that if we were going to do that, we would definitely put a spoiler warning on this one. And this isn't the show oh, for it. Dude. I think we should do yeah, those, those so- spoilery shows. Like We've done those before. We have Avengers and things like that that we've done. But uh, yes. yeah, this one is not a spoiler. We're just going to talk about it. All right. Here's what I'll say. Uh, this is Widows, um, uh, directed by Steve McQueen, who I love, love his stuff, um, with Viola Davis. Um, and the funny thing is, a lot of these people I had never seen before. Um, a few, not a lot, a few of them I have not seen before, but apparently I was the only one who had never seen a few of these people. But I, you know, as we know, Viola Davis, uh, Liam Neeson, I had never seen Elizabeth Debicki before. I, other people have, I have never seen her. Obviously, Michelle Rodriguez, who's dope. And we're going to go Daniel Kaluuya, Colin Farrell, Cynthia Erivo, and my boy, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Now, this movie, you know the theme. The theme is... Um, pretty much these are widows. Their husbands or boyfriends or significant others were thieves. The thieves owe someone money. Now it falls to them. They have to put together a, uh, you know, a, some sort of plan to, you know, a heist to steal this money back. This is a heist movie for sure. Yes. Now that's not the big part of this movie, people. Before you go into this movie, know that the heist isn't the big part. The big part is the inter- interpersonal drama that's happening between Colin Farrell, who is a politician, uh, you know, and Brian Tyree Henry, who is running against him. We're talking about Viola Davis and the rest of the women who are putting together this heist. Viola Davis and Brian Tyree Henry down Yukalua, and it's a interpersonal thing with all these different people that are happening. The heist comes in later. But just a much like Ocean's Eleven, the heist isn't the massive piece of this movie. The massive piece of this movie is what happens before and after the heist. The assembly because the, of heist, the heist team. Yes, exactly. Um, I loved this movie only because I think that this showed that it didn't show people that already knew, but it really gave Vi- Viola Davis a chance to show that she could lead not only a movie. But a movie that consists of Liam Neeson, Robert Duvall, and Colin Farrell, and Daniel Kaluuya, and Brian, like Brian Michael Henry or Tyree Henry. Like, we're talking about some actors. She is saying, no, 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 I can still pull this movie along. I can move this movie and we can center this movie around me, even though the other people are in this movie. Now, don't get me wrong, Robert Duvall, Robert Duvall with his few scenes is amazing. We remember, oh, that's Robert Duvall. That's why he's who he is. But I would say that this movie is such a good peek into what would happen if something like this does occur. If something in the underbellies of society happens like this and this these women have to get together, they did not pull any punches with how they would have to start getting along regardless of how much they don't really vibe. They're like, oh, we have to a means to an end. The only reason I'm dealing with you is a means to an end, but we have to work together as a as a unit to make this thing happen. I loved it. I, you know, I loved it more than I thought I'd have any business loving it, but I absolutely loved it. What did you think? So I'm right along with you. I think it is a fantastic cast. I think that um, it actually made me th- see a few people that I don't normally care for. Actually, not just a few. I'm just going to say one. I am not a fan of Michelle Rodriguez. 
uh, and really never have been. I think that's just a certain character that she plays over and over and over again that kind of turned me off from her. I'm not a fan of the Fast and Furious movies or anything like that. But I will say that I really enjoyed her performance in this movie. I don't think she's a standout, but I did enjoy her performance. And that's saying something for someone that does not care for Michelle Rodriguez. Um, but yeah, the cast is phenomenal. Um, I'm, I liked this movie a lot. I'm not sure I liked it as much as you did. The movie times out at a two, what is it? I think it's like two hours and nine. Yeah, two hours and nine minutes. And to me, it felt like it dragged a little bit. But when it, when it hits, it hits hard. And I think that the standouts in this movie, uh, definitely Daniel Kaluuya. And also Elizabeth Debicki. Uh, I thought she was absolutely phenomenal. I'm not familiar with her work prior to this, but I think we're going to see a lot from her. She's a tall drink of water, wouldn't you say, Steve? Like she's tall compared to compared, ev- compared to everyone else she so is. I don't know. I if never in saw real her life. She is. Yeah, I never. There was no point where I would see her standing next to Liam Neeson, who strikes me as a tall person. But she is. What do you think? Yes. She's like five eleven. Easy, easy five eleven. Something like that. Easy. I'm just guessing. Easy. But, um, flat. Yeah, she flat footed. She's phenomenal. She uh, plays, I think, her sense of desperation in this movie played out better than pretty much everyone else because of, of the, the lengths that she took to just survive. You know, um, these people have these husbands. They don't really know. They tend to stay out of their lives and they know what they're they know they're up to something that's not necessarily on the level, but they stay out of their lives and they've just been living this comfortable life because of, you know, their husbands taking care of them, being completely oblivious to what they're doing. And I think when all, when the shit hits the fan. I think she's the one that takes the most risk. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, we have Veronica played by Viola Davis, who is, she has the most pressure because she's, you know, the bad guys are cornering her and she's the one that has to put this whole thing together. But I just, for some reason, I, I really uh, felt for Elizabeth Debicki's character, Alice, in this movie. And I think she was awesome. Now, as far as what I was saying about it, it runs a little bit long. I just think that there was just certain times where it dragged a little bit, particularly in the Colin Farrell situation. He plays Jack Mulligan. I don't know what it was, man. I, I think that, um, I think he was great. I think that Robert Duvall was fantastic. Their dynamic as father and son were great in this one. But for some, whatever reason, I don't know if it was just the political aspect of it. I could have done without the political aspect of this movie and just gone with the straight grit of it. You know, the underworld shit okay. because, because it was freaking fantastic. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry was amazing. I, I think that I have not given him enough credit because I associate him with Atlanta. And this is not Paperboy in this movie. You know, he's beyond Paperboy in this movie. He proves that he can do things beyond Paperboy. The other thing, and I think this is going to be a little bit controversial too, is Daniel Kaluuya's character because, okay, let me tell you what I think about Daniel Kaluuya. I think that he's a fine actor, but you can totally disagree with me on this part. I feel he's a very monotone actor. You know, you take Get Out, You even if you take like Black Panther, he's still very just monotone with this. And he's still monotone in this movie, but there is something that he does in this one that puts the fear God into you, man. He's he's evil. Jesus. He's fucking evil in this movie, man. There's a scene that I won't get into in detail, but has to do with a, a guy in a wheelchair. And it also another scene that has to do with these two, uh, they're his, I guess his thugs, if you will, his hench, oh his, his, his minions. And they're not where they're supposed to be. <laughs> they get caught fucking off, literally sitting in a dumpster rapping. One's beatboxing, the other one's rapping when they should be doing something else. And they get caught in this. And uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character makes them perform. Once they find out, once he finds out what they've been doing, he basically puts them right in front of him and says, do what you were just doing. And he puts a stare on these guys like I've never seen. Like it is some of the most intimidating shit that I've ever seen. Um, 
And then, of course, the, the scene that I'm talking about with the guy in the wheelchair, just vicious. And I didn't really know that he could play vicious that way. I don't know. I think you share a different opinion as far as his acting skill. But I think that I think that he hasn't really shown what he's capable of yet. And if he has, then it's that might be it. Does that make sense to you? Do you think like, what do you think? I totally of get Kaluuya? it. I think he did a fan. The thing is, I think he did a um, I think he did what he was supposed to do. Like, I don't think any other like in Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, totally. OK. And get out. I think that that was a perfect. That was what he was supposed to do. And then the next one, I was like, OK, uh, Black Panther. I thought he was way less. But again, I could see I could see what you're saying. I could see how he is a he has a general vibe within like if you put 10 and zero. He's at a five, six. Pretty much all and the time. all of his characters. Exactly. And um, I think a good thing um, uh, for him to do is doing an action movie. I think an action movie would actually show us what are you good? What can you do? Show us what you can do because an action movie forces you, unless you're playing Bond, it forces you to kind of be out of your comfort zone. Or no, let me change that because that is Tom Cruise's comfort zone. It forces him to do something different than he's already done. But I thought in this specific movie, it used his monotone acting perfectly. I mean, it was perfect. I don't think that they sh- they could have gotten anyone better to play that particular role. And, and See, I a, wouldn't have thought that before it. I wouldn't have thought that before this movie. Yeah. I would have been like, there are other brutal people yeah. you can get. Like I said, it's, prob- it's probably a little bit controversial, like I'm saying, but I just, I don't know. I haven't, even though I think he's a fine actor, um, I love Get Out. I've loved everything that he's been in so far. And a lot of the times it really doesn't have to necessarily do with him. Uh, I don't think that he was, even though he was the star of the movie in Get Out, personally, this is just my personal opinion, I don't think he was the one that brought the most fire to the movie. I felt for him. I knew, you know, the story was, that was surrounded him was fantastic, but I just was like, okay, he's he's fine. You know, he's got these eyes. It's like his eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, his yeah. eyes seem to be the star of the show every time that I see him. But um, in this one, this is the first time that I really, like, like, I got down with the character. I hated him. You know what I mean? He was a terrible, terrible person. He was a terrible... Yeah. And the thing is, I almost felt for, like, when he said, when he had those people in the dumpster, and it was like, you guys are the reason that those guys did that heist, and our money's gone. I was like, well, yeah, they should be punished. But then when I saw what was about to happen, I was like, oh, no. Oh, this is going to turn out horrifically. Like, I don't think that this should happen, though. <laughs> this is horrible, man. He does so that thing. He takes it to a next level. Yeah. He does that thing that you see in a lot of movies where it's like, um, no, no, everything's cool. We're all fine. But just, uh, you know, <laughs> show, like I said, show me. How can I put it? He, he plays that like you're going to be OK character. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. No problem. And then he just completely annihilates people. <laughs> you know, yes. you've seen this a lot in movies, but he does it so well in this one here. There's no. He, here's what it is. If he became a cop, he would be Alonzo from Training Day. There you go. If he decided to go into the police force, that's who he's, he's that guy. Boom. That's him. Where he's just real chill. He's like, come on. You know, he's Alonzo later, earlier in life. And he decided to be like, I'm going to go in the police force. Another thing about this movie is I think that John Bernthal was kind of wasted. Uh, you know, they, you see him once and... It's like, okay, we got John Bernthal, but why did we waste him? I, that's what I think. You know, I think I really like his intensity too. And I just felt like it just wasn't there. Like he was just there for star power. But again, I think Elizabeth Debicki kind of kills it on this one, man. I really liked her struggle. There's a part in the movie where uh, she is at a gun show 
I'm not going to get into why, but she's in a gun show and she plays a, uh, she puts on a Russian accent and she has to manipulate this one person to do a certain thing for her. And the way that she pulls that off is amazing. Another person that I thought did a great job in this movie was Lucas Haas. He just sort of popped out and he doesn't really do anything spectacular. Uh, and what I mean by that is he's, he's not a huge key element to the story, but it was enjoyable to see him. And I thought he did a great job too. And I like the dynamic that those two have. Um, there are a lot of characters in this movie that are just sort of like, Oh, okay. Well, I think we got you for, for star power, but on the whole, I think this movie was really good. And I'll be honest with you. I think I need to watch it again for, uh, not because I didn't grasp the, the movie. It's because I had a shitty theater, Steve. Like when I went in, yeah, that, that'll ruin a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I went in, I saw this movie by myself. It was like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And I think, okay, this is a perfect time to go check out a movie like this. And when I got in there, I was like, oh, there's kind of a lot of people in here, but I'm a back row guy. I went to the back yeah. row. I had the row to myself. I thought, okay, everything's cool. Lights go out. Suddenly everyone starts making wrong. every, yes, exactly. Wrong. Big time. Wrong. <laughs> everyone starts making their way in. And, um, now I went to a theater where this is kind of like the standard. But I was just hoping yes. that this wouldn't be the case this time. And Broadway Fair, you blew it again for me. But oh, gee, what do you? Because it was close to my house, it was the the showing that I needed to see. Uh, okay. What you guys okay. don't know is we were going to record that day, and some some shit came up, and I wasn't able to do it. But that's why I went at that particular time at that particular theater. Yeah. And oh, this guy comes up. I pass him in the parking lot, and he was just, he just seemed kind of sketchy, and he was out there having a cigarette. No big deal about the cigarette, but he just seemed sketchy. There was just something about him that. I get that vibe real quick if someone's sketchy. So I walk right past him. I didn't give it another thought. Who comes and sits right next to me in the back row? Not literally right next to me, but like one seat away. The whole row is free, but he's this guy wants to sit just the you know one seat away from me. <laughs> and um, I was fine. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, it's not my theater. You can sit wherever you want. He's sitting there. He's fine. I'm like, oh, maybe he's not sketchy. The lights go out. The trailers happen. Nothing. Everything's cool. As soon as the movie starts... His feet start tapping and like, you know that you're, I'm oh. sure you've sat next to someone where they do the knee thing and it's like shaking your seat. You know what I'm talking about? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Well, that, okay, fine. I can sometimes deal with that. But this dude was literally like. So like me during a podcast. Yeah. Pretty much like you in the podcast. And see, you always get the innocent side of this here because you mute yourself. You throw me. A, but you know what? I'm going to go back for just a second because last the last week we had to record. We had a, a weird recording error. So it was all on one track, which is not the norm. Do you know how many taps, coughs, sniffs, and... And, <laughs> and there's this sound you make. I don't even know. You tell me what this is. You go like this. I, am, I hear it every time we record. You'll be like, yeah. And uh, what are you dropping on the... Hold on. Let me see. Oh, no, no, no. What that is is my coffee cup. Are you slamming? I'm putting my coffee cup. I have two cups. I have one with the concoction, one with the coffee cup. And I I go back and forth. So it will be like this. Yeah, I have three co-hosts. I take a drink and then I do this. I have three co-hosts. It's Steve. That's it. That's the sound. The coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I have Steve, the coffee cup, and his squeaky ass chair are my co-hosts for this show every time. But I'm not going to bag on you. Yes. I'm not going to bag on you. But But here's uh, here's the thing. Uh, To go back. Yeah. You know what I think it is about John Bernthal? What's that? Um, I think it was one of those things where something happens where you don't know who's around the next corner. And since all of them are named actors, any of them could be. You don't, because if it was a nobody's, you're, you're thinking, oh, we may see them later on. We may not. But when they're all named, you never know. Because you're like, do you think they're around the next corner? Maybe, maybe one of them are. That's what I was always wondering. They're like, I was like, oh, no, no, no. Here, 
that person's going to be back around. He just, he didn't um, drive away and never coming back. He's going to come back for sure. And I think that's what he did. He's like, now you don't know who might do whatever. You never know. That's what I thought. Because Bernthal's a name. He's a name. He's not just a nobody. Not saying the other actors are, if you're listening, other actors. You guys are somebody's too. I'm just saying Bernthal. I hear what you're saying, dude, but I just feel, for whatever reason, I just felt like he was a wasted character. I would have liked to have seen more from him, you know? But it is totally what it is. Um, the other thing about this movie, and I think, I don't know how you feel about this part. I, I kind of saw the twist coming. You know, and a lot of people in the theater were like, oh, shit. But to me, I just, I, it just was like, oh, this is what's going to happen. So even though that's the case, I still really enjoyed this movie. But getting back to the theater real quick was that uh, we, so we had Tappity Tap guy that was next to me. And it was so bad that I wasn't even going to bother. Like, I knew that it, because the way I saw this dude like hang, acting in the parking lot, I knew that it was going to be a waste of time to be like, excuse me, can you stop tapping your feet? It wouldn't have done anything. And he probably would have went, sure. And then went right back to yeah. tapping around. So what I did was I actually sure. removed myself from the situation and went to the opposite end of the theater. So I was like in that first row, which was fine. Actually, it wasn't that bad at all. But I'm sitting there and I'm trying to watch this movie. And I had this old couple behind me, uh, elderly couple, I should say. And it was one of the, it was the guy every few seconds. What did he say? What, what, what did he say? And she, and then the wife, he said this, he had, you know, explain it to him. So it really took me out of the movie. So I feel like I should watch it again to, and I think I'll get a better sense of how much I really liked this movie. That said, I think it's fine. I think that people should watch this and um, you're right, man. Viola Davis just fucking smashes it in this movie. She smashes it in this movie and she does prove that she's a fantastic lead. Yeah, it's over ever since, especially since fences, I should not be shocked at all at what she can do anymore. It's over. Oh man, uh, you're gonna have to help me on there. Hold on, let me try and find her name real quick because I am not giving props to someone who I thought was really, really, really good in this. Movie. I know who you're. What thinking. is her name? Because she will kick your ass. <laughs> What's her name? I mean yours. Get out of here. She kick your ass too. What is her name? You're out of your. Fr- you are out there of your daggone mind, G. Uh, Cynthia Riva. Yep, that's the one. I know she was in uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. She was in Step that came out in 2017. She was in Harriet that's coming out. Well, she is going to be in Harriet that comes out in 2019. She's a force to be reckoned with. Like, I don't really have that much familiarity with her, but that is a specimen of a woman right there. And I'm not saying, oh, she's gorgeous or anything. I'm just talking about she's a physically fit beast of a woman, man. And and I loved her character. I loved how when shit goes down and she's getting recruited for this and she goes face to face with Viola Davis and and Viola Davis is trying to like punk her. And she's like, no, you don't talk to me like that. You know, I think she was a huge part of this movie that made it really pop for me, particularly in the heist situation. And uh, yeah, I think that, you know, she sort of went under the radar when they were promoting people for this movie. But quite honestly, she was probably one of my favorite characters. It was. And and the thing is, Steve McQueen's so smart because I knew when she walked in the way Viola talked to the other women is not a way you're going to talk to her. I knew as soon as she walked in, I said, she carries herself that way to go well. Yes. And, I'll, you know, when she started getting all crazy, uh, Cynthia was just like, oh, you're you, anyway, y'all, there's one part where she just says, um, and you're going to have to stop. You're going to have to watch the way you talk to me. Yeah, that was the most realist. You're going to have to watch how you talk to me that I'm just like, bro, that wasn't even a let me act this out. It was like, oh, she said this before. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's like for real. I love it. And it was like one of the only times out of that particular set of characters where Viola had to step back and be like, 
Oh, exactly. Okay. I will exactly. stop talking to you that way. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm not, you know, because that's the thing. She had to put herself in a position where she's the leader of this team, but she's not a villain. Yes. She's not a thug. She's not a mastermind. She just has to do from this. that life. Because, yes, yeah, she's, she's not, not from, from that, that life. She removed herself exactly. so much from that, but she was forced to do this and she had one month to get her shit together. She had to take on this character. Bingo. And Michelle, being from that life, she smelled it on Cynthia. Yeah. She knew, oh, wait, I think we're from the same place. And then there was a very important quote, and it's not going to ruin it for anybody, where Brian Tyree Henry looked at Viola Davis and said, welcome back. Like, oh, you're not who you were. Welcome back down to earth. You're one of us again. Yeah. Oh, I loved it, man. I loved that quote where it's just like, oh, this whole time you were living a different life and you forgot who you look like. Welcome back. It was just great. And man, there's a scene between her and Brian Tyree that is just like, oh my God. That disturbed me, man. So good. With, with the dog. With the I knew you would get disturbed by that. And I did not like that at all, man. <laughs> cute little pooch. <laughs> I'm very interested in what you're going to rate this. I'm very curious now. I liked it. It was good. But based on my ratings that I've given so far today, I'm going to go ahead and give this movie three out of five money bags, sir. Good. Great. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 3.5. It was, um, yes, it was 3. good. 5. It was a good movie. I would suggest everyone uh, watching it. And it's, uh, oddly enough, as I'm thinking about it, it's tough because this year has been, for me, really good with movies. Like, I have a lot of great movies oh, on dude. my list. And so I'll give this a 3.5. Um, I walked out with some questions. There were things that could have been improved. There are things that I would have rather, I would have liked to see. But overall, Steve McKean, Steve McQueen knocks it out of the park yet again. I really like this movie. And I look forward to seeing what he's doing now. He's going to do next, man. I like that you... You accidentally said Steve McKing oh, as opposed snap. to Steve McQueen. That's a very macho that. thing. That's my toxic masculinity coming out. Seriously, man. <laughs> Turn the testosterone down a little bit, buddy. Yeah. No, honestly, I think my rating really comes from pacing for me. Just that's it. It wasn't anything. It had nothing to do with the performances of the actors. It was just a pacing thing for me. And that, and again, possibly just taken out of the movie because of these fools that were in the movie theater. What else you got, homie? Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? I thought, no, I thought you were Long going somewhere pause, else. You're like, any, I normally do the anyway nah. and on to the next. I was like, oh, he's not going to do as a damn thing. Nah, that's all I got. That's all I got so far. All right. Are you sure you're, are you sure you're ready for this, sir? I am. All right, man. You freaking asked for oh, it. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, there are a few things in life that I enjoy more than Rocky movies. The Rocky saga is, there's Star Wars, and then there's Rocky. For me, I, I like my Harry Potter, but they, it's not going to compare to these two. But let's talk the Rocky franchise. I loved Creed, Steve. I know it took me a long time to get you to watch that movie, and I know you ended up liking that movie. This one right here brings it all back together again. If you've seen Rocky Four, ladies and gentlemen, then you need to see Creed Two because it all, it's, oh. let me tell you what, Steve. Creed 2 is a fantastic, fantastic movie, sir. Uh, it's got things in there. It has surprises. There were people that showed up in this movie that I did not expect to see whatsoever. I'm going to tell you right now, I left the fucking theater literally in tears. I'm not lying to you. That's how much I like it. I, what I liked about this movie is that um, when you, when you know, like Coogler really stepped it up. And when you have Rocky movies, especially in the 80s, you had a lot of over-the-top 
battle. You know what I mean? Like there was just shit that would not truly be allowed in boxing. But the dynamic and, and what Sylvester Stallone was able to do with Rocky, it worked for me. Maybe it was the time. Maybe it was because I was a kid and... and uh, particularly with Rocky IV, you know, we were dealing with, uh, you know, we still kind of like not real great with Russia at the time and things were a little bit scary. And that movie brought it all together, man. And it, 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 as Rocky said, he said, if I could change and you could change, everybody could change. It's fucking fantastic, man. And now we got, <laughs> we got, dude, this movie was fucking fantastic. Um, you take the character of Adonis Creed, who is now... At the top of his game, he lost the first battle. Spoiler in Creed alert! One, but you know, um, but when he comes back, well, if you haven't seen Creed One, that's on you. But Creed Two, he comes back. He's on top now, right? And we bring back the characters of Woo! the Dragos, man. Even Ivan Drago and his son Victor Drago, who, by the way, is phenomenal. Let me look this up real quick because I haven't memorized this guy's name yet, but I'm going to give him credit because he was awesome in it. Isn't that Florian or something? I, I was trying to say, yeah, I already had it up there. It's, it's Florian Montenu, I think it is. He plays Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago. Um, you can also know him as Florian Big Nasty Montenu. Listen to this. Hold up. Oh, man. You can't get down with Bill Conti, dude. It's just it's too much. But all right, let's, let's talk about this real quick. Let me turn this down. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me give you my real deal thing now. I was kind of like trying to, you know, follow the music a little bit. This movie, when I went into it, I was, I've been so excited about seeing Creed 2 for since I found out it was going to come out. And when I found out that the Dragos were involved, uh, this is just something that I have been waiting to see for 33 years. As a friend of mine put it, it's the sequel that I didn't know I wanted, but absolutely needed. And what I liked about it is when, you know, when you, when you leave Rocky for Rocky is, he's not always going to win, you know what I mean? But he wins in this one here. And what happens is after the fact, you know, this is 30 years later. Uh, Ivan Drago has now been shunned by Russia. He's he's been made a disgrace yeah, because yeah. he lost against yeah. Rocky. He lost it all. He lost he lost he lost his wife. He lost everything. And what he's done for this whole time, while well, Rocky's just been living this life, and Rocky's kind of already given up boxing. You know, he opened up a restaurant. He opened up Adrian's restaurant. You know, we lost we lost Paulie already. We lost Adrian just because of old age and everything. And Rocky's been on his own. He's been training Adonis Creed. And Adonis is doing very well now. So when Adonis hits champion again, this is the time for him to actually, when I, when I mean is Ivan Drago, it's time for him to like make his move. And there's a promoter that's been following this too. And he, 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 um, he sees it as a perfect opportunity to have this rematch because of course it's going to make millions, right? It's, 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 it's going to be the most successful father. fight ever. Yeah. And it, it, that's what happened. Yeah. You killed your father. I mean, what's better than a vengeance fight? You know what I mean? And uh, so Adonis is pretty much feeling like he's on top of the world. Nothing's going to beat him. And he goes into this a little quickly. I'm not going to give you the breakdown because I, if I start talking about this one, I'm going to give you every goddamn spoiler in it. And I don't want to do that to you, but I'm going to switch my gears a little bit just so I don't go down that road. But I'm going to tell you, not only did I think that Michael B. Jordan did a fantastic job in this dude, I was actually surprised at how well Dolph Lundgren did in this movie. This is a movie where I felt equally there's equal parts here i felt so much for adonis and of course rocky and of course tessa thompson who plays Ooh. bianca in the movie uh, <laughs> but, uh dude, you really <laughs> double dude but uh you really feel for the dragos in this one man and i'm not gonna say why but uh I i'm gonna tell you this i want as much as I think that this movie was wrapped up nicely and you could literally stop making these movies now 
I don't think it's going to happen. And I have a feeling that eventually they're going to end up making a Drago movie and they need to be careful with this because this movie ended so perfectly. You could just walk away and be like, wow, that was wonderful. But you're, 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 you'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. You're going to feel like, oh, what the Dragos? <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying whether they win or lose by that matter. It's just because it's as I'm not even talking necessarily about the boxing part of this. I'm talking about the family dynamic of what. See, Ivan Drago has been so disgraced for 30 years. They He just fell from grace like like he's not yes. respected anymore. Um He's a bit of a pariah, if you will, but he has taken all that time and focus and he's really, really hard on his son, but he's trained this massive beast, man. That Florian Montanu, he does this thing, dude. I, mean, I think it's even in the commercial, so I don't even really feel like it's a spoiler, but he's doing yeah. push-ups during his training. And you know those battle, yes. you know those battle ropes? He does this push-up and then he like flips the battle ropes and then comes back down on his fist. It's like the dopest shit ever. This guy is a fucking specimen. But it's a fantastic movie, man. I have to go back and see it again. I want to just sit here and just give you every single spoiler, guys. In fact, if anyone ever wants to do a full-on... Maybe, Steve, if you will, as a, as a favor to me, I want you to watch this movie and then we can come back and really, really break this one down, dude. I've, I'm going to watch it on um, Saturday. That's what I wanted to do in the first place. I was, I was actually going yes. to just like postpone. Maybe I'll do okay. that. Maybe I'll come back to it. But I'll just give you kind okay. of like the, the quick one on this here. But uh, yeah... As far as Rocky movies go and the whole franchise, I think it's very much up there. But you have to understand that I've got a love for Rocky Four. I don't even know if it's necessarily the best Rocky movie, but it is my favorite Rocky movie. And the way that Michael B. Jordan struggles in this movie and the things that he and Tessa Thompson go through. I keep calling her Tessa Thompson because that's her real name, but Bianca is who I'm getting at. The struggle that they go through in this movie. Felicia Rashad, again, is fantastic. The Creed family is fantastic in this movie. But... um, the, the struggles that he goes through, you just really, really feel for him. But there's this whole other dynamic going on, man, with the with the Dragos where you're just like, oh, my God, like, you know, because because he was just a, he was a machine in Rocky Four. He was just this Russian machine and he was totally the bad guy. And when you put it into the context of when the movie came out and again, what we were dealing with, America was dealing with with Russia, you know, you, yes. you have a villain. But this puts him as a person. It, it really just it humanizes him and it humanizes his son. And um, there's some surprises in this here that I just did not see coming. But what I was getting at is I left the movie in tears, not because of the boxing match. It was the there's a family dynamic going on here that I did not expect to see. And I don't know if I was just uh, because, you know, Gail and I went out and we had sushi. We we made a date out of it. We had some sushi that night, had a couple of drinks, went into the movie ready to go. So maybe was it the alcohol? You get you get you get all emotional. You get all emotional when you drink. (laughs) Get out of here. You don't even drink with me. What are you talking about? You're talking shit right now out of your you're talking out of your group <laughs> circle right now. <laughs> but man, no, seriously, in all in all seriousness, there was just something that happened. I'm that invested in these movies, Steve, uh, that when the last scene happens, I, I grabbed Gail by her knee. She's like, you grabbed after we were driving. I'm like, you grabbed me by the damn knee. And I had tears streaming down my face, man. It's, it doesn't happen a lot in movies. I know we say things, oh, that movie made me tear up or whatever. This movie had literal tears, multiple tears. I was streaming down my face. I felt like the biggest douche when I walked out of it. See, I want to see if this makes me cry like Bohemian did. It's not going to make you cry because you're not invested in Rocky movies. Okay. Like You've got to be invested in Rocky movies well, to get this. And I think that I honestly think that makes perfect sense. You know, I this is something you. that I've been following I since I was a little kid. And um, but I think that uh, you should have seen me yesterday. I was thinking about what I was going to talk about this movie. And uh, I think this is the movie that I really wish my dad still would have been alive for. Oh, man. Because. Yeah. Be- yeah. Okay. No, no. For real. Seriously. Because I watched these movies with him much like the jerk. Yeah. I watched these movies with him. And even when like the ones that I didn't see in the theater with him. 
I always would go over okay. his house and we would watch these movies. We knew the story. We talked about Rocky all the time. He was a huge Sylvester Stallone fan, particularly with Rocky. But even when it comes down to like Nighthawks and Victory, he loved all those movies and so did I. But it was like, oh, why did this movie come out now? Because we used to talk about that. Like, you know, will we ever come back to that? We did really talk about that. Will we ever see Drago again? And when this movie came out, I'm like, oh, man, if Dennis would have been alive to see this one. And I really wish I could have taken him to the theater to see this one. Ooh, hold up. Whew. All right. Never mind. I'm sorry. I was just going to go there for a second, but I don't think I want to get too uh, shaky. On no this. problem. <laughs> sorry. But uh, yeah. And I think that's why I'm so invested in this movie is that. Um, ooh, hold up a second. <laughs> Okay. I don't know why you don't just do it on the pod. It's fine. I know. I totally get it. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I just this movie made me. This okay. movie made me miss my dad, and I think that's why I liked it so much. So um, I was prepared to start talking like this right now. So I think I'm going to chill out. But I will say that. Uh, sorry, guys. I, I really was never. Don't laugh at me, motherfucker. This is this is real shit. I'm not. I think it's a really good moment, and I don't know why you keep on stopping it. I don't know, because I don't want to be a blubbering mess, but... Uh, That's okay to be a blubbering mess about this. When it comes to my pops, man, yeah. But this movie really um, made me miss my pops, so... um <laughs> I wasn't expecting to do this. Uh, okay. Go out and see Rocky, motherfucker. Okay. I was really meaning to talk about this more. And I, I, can I let me just tell you something real quick. I've been, I, I, I uh, was wanting to, like do a little better job at talking about this one. But when I was thinking about this yesterday, I'm just sitting there washing dishes and I'm thinking about this movie and my fucking eyes just start going and I'm like, okay, I can't do this on the show. I don't want to do this on the show, but I don't think that I'm capable of talking about Rocky for a Rocky series. Anything that has to do with my pops, man, where, where we, we had that bonding like that. It's just That's really okay. hard for me to do. So guys, yeah, this is me. I'm kind of crying right now. So, um, pl please go see Rocky. Uh, excuse me. I can't even talk anymore. Let me get my shit together for a second. Go see Creed two. I don't expect you guys to have this blubbering thing that I'm having right now, but, um, that's how much these movies mean to me. And I love the way that it wrapped up. And uh, if they never made another movie again in the Rocky franchise, I think this was the one to end it on because it ends perfectly. The final shot of Rocky looking at the ring is nothing short of iconic. And you'll see what I'm talking about when you see this one. Like, pay attention. But uh, another thing that we could talk about is that I think was a, a difference from the other movies was that, you know, when you see yes. Rocky movies, you see them. They were over the top, to say the least. Yes. I mean, these things would not happen in real life. You know, they just wouldn't happen in real life. I think that Creed, particularly Coogler started this where he, he made the movies a little more realistic. And in this one in general, the, the movies are just, this is just a very realistic movie. Like this could totally happen. Um, it has a formula that goes with the other Rocky movies, whereas Creed didn't. And I'll give props to Coogler for that because he did step out of that realm. This one's directed by Steven. I think I'm a little better now. Let me just take a quick breath. Whew. I'm sorry, folks. So um, the director is Stephen uh, Capel Jr. And he does a fine job with this movie. He really does. Uh, I think that I'd like the way Coogler directs a little bit more and the, yeah. the, the, the way that he illustrates the whole story. But um, I will give Stephen Capel Jr. the credit of making this probably one of the most realistic boxing matches that I've ever seen in, on screen. Uh, you feel when you're in there. Like when you would watch a Rocky movie, the music that I was playing before would be it's so intense and you're just all like wrapped up in it. And like yes. when I saw Rocky four in the 80s, there were, it was just a different time. People were literally I was in the front, not the front row I was under the first night is what I was going to say. And people were literally standing up in their seats mm -hmm. and like swinging and cussing at the screen. It was like nothing that I've ever seen before. And perhaps that's why I like that one the most. But um, this one was so realistic that yeah. when Adonis Creed takes hits. 
you feel that shit. Like, and, and again, going back with the Rocky formula, you know, with Rocky formula, what I mean is, you know, uh, Rocky would go in and he'd be really arrogant about things or, or just sort of cocky about things. And he, he would never be prepared as much as he thought he was prepared. You know, he falls from grace and it's about the, the movie is about his redemption and gaining back what he deserves. This is, it takes from that page, you know, it takes from that story and it does a really, it does. Oh God, I'm all fucked up right now, Steve. I'm really sorry okay. about that, but it takes a, um, a page out of that book is what I'm trying to say. But the way that this film is shot and the training is another thing, too. You know, like if you go back to Rocky Four, you've got Rocky like in the woods, in jumping up and down yeah, with a tree, snow, lifting. Yeah. Lifting logs. And, and I pop. tried that crap because of watching that stupid shit movie, <laughs> G, in a Tascadero looking like a dummy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great. You know, and you've got the you've got the the Survivor soundtrack, you know, of the course. Survivor songs on it. Man, I can't believe how much that fucked me up right now. I'm really sorry, you guys. And then talking about Yasibya, that was my first Russian quote. I was like, Yasibya, because we watched it so much. Yeah. Which is a shame. But um, not to interrupt you, but can I say sure. something real quick? Please do. Let me get my shit together for a second. Real quick, I want to give props to Ryan Coogler. Let me tell you why. He did the impossible. What people thought was impossible, what I thought was impossible, so long that you had to convince me to watch it. Because I said, no, it's impossible. You can't bring this back. It's over. The fact that he not only brought it back, but he brought it back enough for it to now have a sequel. That is an impossible feat. And he did the impossible. And I was just like, that is pretty crazy. When you really think about it, that is insane. No one thought that would happen. And maybe it's partly Michael B. Jordan. Maybe it's because he picked the perfect person to be him. Maybe that has something to do with it. But regardless, the fact that most people would have ran away from this project would have said, hell no. Because remember, he had to convince uh, Stallone to be. Stallone was kind of even like, ugh, <laughs> this could be bad, man. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, when you have Stallone read your script and he was like, wait a minute, this can be something. And not only that, but say, now it's so good that if you left it and you didn't have anything to do with it, you have paved a road that I paved in the beginning. You repaved it well enough where we can keep rolling. Bruh, he did the impossible. He did the impossible. So I'm just like, the fact that you convinced me to watch the first one and now you're saying, no, 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 the road paved was well enough to make a sequel because sometimes you try to get that money grab and it doesn't work out too well. You're telling me that no, 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 no. It was well worth it. And so I can't wait to see. Mind you, I was going to see it anyway, but after what you've just told me, I'm in, dude. I am going to watch it. I mean, but who wouldn't want to watch? Not Apollo, but you are watching Creed versus Drago in a way again. Who who doesn't want to watch that? And that's the thing, too, without giving any spoilers or anything like that, there are some, if you're a true Rocky fan, pay attention during the fights. You're going to see some awesome Easter eggs. And that's all I'm going to say about I it. Can't wait. You, like, I, I would recommend watching, watching Rocky Four and then going to see Creed Two because there's just these little things that happen in the movie that are total throwbacks to Rocky Four. They're clearly Easter eggs and they're fantastic, super subtle. But you're like, oh, shit. And you just and I'm going to leave it at that. I can't but uh, this movie is for Rocky fans, man. I don't know. There are people out there that are just non Creed fans. They just maybe they just thought that that's that should have been it. Personally, I think it was a perfect extension of the franchise. And as much as I want to see these movies just keep being made, if they stopped right now, they stopped at the perfect spot. But again, 
uh, dealing with like a uh, father and son shit, man, this movie really, really got me. And I like, you just saw what I, you just heard what I just did. Yeah. You should have seen me that night. I was a fucking mess. Seriously. But, but um, yeah, that poster is crazy. When I saw the poster for Creed 2, I was like, oh my God, that is a dope poster with just Michael B. Jordan sitting there in the shadows. What the yeah. crap, dude? Like this, and dude, he looks humongous. I was like, did oh, he get that much bigger? That's what I was going to get at. Like you see, at least this is what I saw. Because again, it's got the Rocky formula. You're going to have two fights in this, and that's yeah. all I'm going to say about it. But from the first fight to the second fight, because much like Rocky, he gained like 20 he pounds. Goes hard, I heard. Yeah, he goes harder for yeah. these movies. That's what I was getting at. You know, you have those that that Russia training scene, mm-hmm. right? That's it's over. It's it's over the top. Let's face it, it's over yes. the top. No pun intended. In uh, this one here, oh yeah, hey, check it out. You got me. Um, <laughs> That's a, that's a, it's a Stallone reference. If you little kids don't know what he's talking about, <laughs> I know. I guarantee saying. no one knew. People were like, "What?" Some people knew. You knew that you want to meet me halfway across the sky. No, oh, stop it, stop it, Steve. We've we've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to get at is that um, there's a training scene, much like you know, much like that, but it's not over the top. Like, this could go down. Yes. Rocky takes him to this area. Yes. Um, I don't even say where, because you know what? Enjoy the movie. It's still so new. I don't want to give you that yet. But Rocky takes him to this area to get that that final training on. And it's very realistic versus what you're used to seeing where he's climbing mountains going, yes. Drago! Yes. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, this whole movie was fantastic, man. I, I just think that there could be nobody better to play Creed, Adonis Creed, than Michael B. Jordan. And the fact that Sylvester Stallone is still kicking and giving us these fantastic movies and still putting in the performance that he's able to put in was amazing. Um, there's draw. There's and this, now this was the case in uh, Creed too. But you know the character of Duke, who was Apollo Creed's trainer, yes. who, who, who eventually started helping out Rocky. Uh, his son's in it, and he was in the other one too. But it's they just do such a fine job of tying it all together and not making it go so far off that you know you're like you can't even buy into it anymore. You know what I mean? Yes. And the and the fighting is a lot better too because it's not so unrealistic like this shit could really happen the way that they were fighting there was times in rocky four i was just watching it yesterday and it's like they would have stopped it they would have stopped this fight a million years ago yeah. you know what i mean like this yeah. this just wouldn't happen yeah i don't care what decade you're in but it's just it's just a much more realistic thing and here's the deal dude whoever was training uh michael b jordan for his this role clearly is a boxer is a masterful boxer because he looks like a boxer in this movie like it's not I've seen movies where you just see you see an actor playing a boxer is what I'm getting at. Yes. And even with Stallone, you know, he was he was Rocky. So you got to give him his props. But the way that whoever trained um, Michael B. Jordan to play Adonis Creed, particularly in this movie, knew their shit because he looks like a genuine boxer in this movie. That dude is massive. He got so massive in this movie, man. I wish I could be built like that fucking guy. So I can't talk about this one enough. I'm so sorry, guys, that I kind of lost my way. Don't apologize. uh, You know, what's funny. Can I can I go on a little tangent? Sure, tangent away. Um, uh, so this week at work, there was a person that I met. Um, I, I, he's never going to hear this, but I will not say his name. Uh, it, was, it was a doctor friend. You know how I, I talked to everyone, and we kind of had we struck up a conversation. He was a husband of a doctor, and um, we were just talking, you know, getting into each other's lives, and you know, we just going about, you know, whatever. And uh, I, you know, brought up the fact that men don't cry enough, and he stopped and he looked at me. He's like, you know, you're right. He's like, we really don't. I'm like, if you can laugh and you can feel fear. I was like, that's why I think people go to Halloween Horror Nights is because we have to feel something. That's as close to a feeling as we're going to allow to get in public. And so later on, he was talking to me about his brother who had passed away and he started crying. 
And his wife was like, oh, and he just starts weeping. And he tells me, and he's like, you know, I'm only doing this because I know you're okay with it. I was like, damn. Hmm. I was like, so in, if he ever told the story any other place, he'd probably hold it in. But he's like, I'm only letting this out because I know you're okay with it. I was like, we need to be a world that's okay with that. If we're not that world, then what's the point? I'll be honest with you. And I think that Steve would agree with me. I'm talking to you folks yes. that are listening right now. I think in any other situation, I would have said, Steve, let's cut. Let me try that one more time. I know I would have done that. But because of why I kind of lost it right there. And I, trust me, I could lose it a lot more. But uh, when it comes to my pops, that's just all out of, of respect. Course. I miss that man more than any. I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to stop. And you know what it is? It's the fucking holidays that are getting me, Steve. Oh, we, of, co- but of course. And, and the thing is, man, we're going to stop talking about it. But here's what I'll say. To, to, to talk about Creed. We'll take it back to Creed. Um, watching Creed 1. Now, I didn't. It wasn't like a, a tearful thing. But it gave me chills when I saw Creed running down the street with the motorcycles because it made me feel like I was a part of the Rocky series now. Yeah. Well, like, it's a take on that. It was a take on the original Rocky series too, you know? Exactly. But now it's a, like I, he wouldn't run with a bunch of people running around him in his hood. That's what happens. And I was like, Coogler did such a subtle thing. And it's about Rocky now being introduced to this subtle difference of even their conversations. He had to get used to how Creed worked. He wasn't raised um, oddly enough, even though he was raised differently, he was an upper class dude. So even in that upper class dude, Sylvester pulled him into this, uh, uh, you know, this hood life. But even the hood cats took him in. It was just so much stuff going on that I was just like, I could. And that's a movie. See, here we go. That's a movie I could watch again and again. But I know what's going to happen. But it's not about the fight. It's about the story of Creed. I could watch that again and again and again. And by what you're saying, he now drips it until the next one, because I don't think that the creed I'm going to see in this next movie is the creed I saw as a upper class rich kid learning how to be this thing. He is this thing now. Yeah. There is no learning. I bet you he's different from the beginning of Creed. I don't even know if that person is a person I'm going to see ever again if they continue to make these movies. That kid was spoiled. That literally pulled him down a notch. He was so spoiled. He thought he could just jump into a ring with a seasoned boxer and beat him. That's where Creed's head was. If you watch Rocky movies and you've watched enough of them, you know, like, say, Rocky three. He was on top of the world and he, he just he kind of got lax a little bit. He exactly. knew he was shit. Yes. And he could just take on anybody, but he got lax. There's there's that going on. Yeah. In this one here, and he's always had a, that. It's, in it's him, almost though. like. Yeah. A, um, yeah, it's almost like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he, he was entitled to it mm-hmm. because well, I, I'm the champion now. So I'm the best in the world. You My know? last name entitles me to that. Right. I'm so good that I can do that. Yeah, exactly. And he let that last name get the best of him in this movie where it, it was more about like uh, speaking of fathers and everything and dead fathers for that matter. Um, he let his emotions get in the way of what he was really like yeah. he lost focus he of loses course. focus in this movie much like the formula that's what i'm getting at it's the formula of rocky he loses focus but he when he gains it back uh it's just so goddamn good man i, I don't want to say any more about it but yeah. i do want you to see this and hopefully we can talk about this again i can't freaking wait i'm hoping that he's like hey you gotta leave you gotta lose the, the woman you have to because you gotta focus bruh but you can't tell me if he does but in my brain i'm like hey in order to focus you gotta dip you got to leave all of that stuff in order to beat Drago, even though I know what already happens in the movie has already happened. In my brain, I'm like, hey, if you're going to beat Homeboy, you need to lift all that crap. I'm talking about 
You got to leave the woman. You got to leave your moms. You got to stop talking to everybody. Go into the cabin like freaking Sylvester did or totally secluded. Yeah. And get ready because homeboy is no joke. And so I can't wait to see it because in my brain, I've already created a a thought process. And I'll tell you this. You're not that far off. I won't tell you how, but um, th- there is that element. But there's a whole thing that they've added to this movie that's reminded me. Okay, so let's take it back to another Rocky movie. Let's go to Rocky 2. Uh, in Rocky 2, and I can't say spoilers. This movie's so goddamn old. But in Rocky 2, Adrian uh, is pregnant mm-hmm. and she she goes into a coma. Yes. And so, like, she goes, she goes into a coma, and when she comes back out of it, you know, she's like, there's just one thing I want you to do for me, Rocky. What's that? Win. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, there's, there's that kind of thing that's going on in this I movie. I like But that. there's a dynamic that's going on with him, with, with Adonis and Bianca. I won't tell you their story. But he's really dealing with some real-life shit in this movie. So he's got, not only does he have the uh, outcome of the first initial bout to deal with, and I won't get into what happens in this one here, but it's fucking graphic. He's dealing with that. He's trying to just deal with himself as a man. But he, now he's got this whole other element that's going on between him and Bianca. And the way it's just masterfully done, dude. Uh, and I'm not even giving it I'm not even giving it like um, the credit because it's just part of the Rocky franchise. You know I what I'm saying? Freaking, like, I can't Can we say this officially that the next yes. episode people I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of Dan. I might be wrong. He'll correct me if I am. But the Creed. Um, the Creed talk is going to have spoilers at the end too, because we're gonna. This we're gonna is a big deal. It. Yeah, this is a yeah. big deal, and it wasn't a big deal before Creed for me. Well, let me change that. Rocky um, Four was always a big deal for me. I don't know why I like that movie so much, but every time it came on, I'd watch it. I could almost recite certain parts of that movie because I thought it was so cool. Even though there were wild swings at the end, where no one swings like that. Right. That's the one thing, kind of. Coogler did different is no you guys are gonna act like boxers yes exactly we're gonna fight like boxers and so um but i loved the fact there has very rarely been a a evil quote the likes of which a russian who we were i'm sure at the time scared of because we knew nothing about them really for me i didn't i just knew this was a beast of a man and then homegirl what was her bridget nelson she looked yeah nielsen yeah nielsen and so when he says, looks up, looks down at homeboy, hugely rocked out, and he says, if he dies, he dies, G. Who doesn't root for the beating of that man? Yeah. Who doesn't root for the beating of that man? There's, there's something. You're totally right about that. But now, and I recommend, Steve, uh, I'll try and find a way to get one to you if you don't have Rocky Four in your catalog, man. But oh, by the way, guys, just because I'm that guy that's going to let this thing like make me spend money, uh, I just wanted to, I have, <laughs> this is how bad I am. Like, I've already had these movies, right? But I wanted them for my Apple TV. So um, no plug for Apple TV or anything like that. But I just in case you're interested, you can actually buy the whole Rocky bundle for $29.99 right Not now bad. on Apple. Yeah, no, I bought the whole thing yesterday. And, and it's which it's one was Tommy Guns? Ooh, now let's talk about that for just a second. That is one of the shittiest movies on the face of the earth. Okay, gee, I guess I, okay, here's the thing. I saw it on the drive-in, Sunset Drive-In, San Luis Obispo yeah. with my mother. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I hated that movie. It's hot garbage. Maybe, and even Stallone thinks it's hot garbage. I loved that movie, especially, I just thought Tommy Guns was a beast. I think if you were to sit and just 
like, I know you won't do this, but if you were just to sit and watch them back to back, you would clearly see how bad this movie is. In, oh, no. The... I guarantee compared to four, it's bad. But I like the street fight because that was around the time I was playing Double Dragon. So it was kind of just like, oh, they're street fighting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even that didn't work for me. I'll be honest with you. When Dad, I saw that, like, because like, no, because I wanted to. By the way, this isn't even in the movie. I'm going to go back for just a second, but this isn't even in the movie, but I saw some footage. There's a lot of footage out there that they cut out, man. Cause I saw this thing that was, uh, someone put up on Twitter the other day and it shows, it shows Rocky and Ivan Drago fighting in some, like, like a street fight. They're fighting yeah. in some, some public place or something like that. And I got pissed when I saw that. It's like, why would you put that up? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, why would you do something like that? Turns out if you did see that, it's not in the movie. So don't go in there expecting to see that. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Again, I don't you know there really was an actual boxer that did have a street fight. Who's that? Mike Tyson. Oh, Mike Tyson. Is, he's Remember like when human? he stitched that guy? He stitched the guy's eyes shut because the guy said, you can only fight in the ring. You can't fight me outside the ring. And the dude said, let's and Tyson's like, let's go in the back in the um, alley right here. He stitched his eyes shut, G. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no boxer was do that today, but he's just like, I can beat you. I'm a street guy. I could beat you right now. But anyway, um, getting back to uh, 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 the street fighting thing, I think that's what hit me in the, because I was so into the street fighting thing that I was just like, ooh, a street fight. But I bet you if I watched it today, I'd be like, this is trash. Maybe. I might still like it. Maybe. And, you know, more power to you if you do. But just personally speaking, I just, it's kind of, uh, not even just personally speaking, like it's just common knowledge that that movie is sort of like the crap stain <laughs> on the underwear of the Rocky franchise. Oh, you know what I mean? Gee. It's just bad. It's really, really bad. But but I will say that Rocky yeah. Balboa redeemed it. Like, I think a lot of people thought, oh, like, okay, it's over. Like, this is where Stallone's at now and he yeah. shouldn't have made this movie. But he came back correct with Rocky Balboa. And if it wasn't for Rocky Balboa, we would not be seeing these Creed movies right See, now. See, I didn't that's really like Rocky Balboa that much. I, I did. thought it was I really okay. Liked it. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like in the, in the, tell you what, would you like to hear my rating of the Rocky movies? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yes. Give me, give me the, the, the sequence. Is this considered a Rocky movie? Are Creed's Rockies or no? Uh, I think they're Creed movies, but at the same time, it's all, it's all Rocky franchise, you know? So let me go ahead and just pull this up real quick here. Okay. Give me the, give me the. Now I've been thinking about this and and, and I don't care if you don't, uh, not you, Steve, but if you don't agree with me, whatever. But again, Rocky four is probably going to be my favorite Rocky movie because I saw it the first night that it came out. And again, I've never seen a theater go crazy like that before. So maybe that's what it was. It was the time it had to do with America versus Russia and all of that. And you know, we, we lost Apollo. It was a very moving picture for me. So that's kind of my favorite. Oh, come on, man. If you (laughs) haven't seen it yet, you ain't going to see it. But, but yeah, spoiler, whatever. It's you know what? There's the statute of limitations that definitely passed. But I would say that's probably my favorite movie. It's my okay. it's my it's my funnest Rocky movie, if you will. okay. Uh, number two is going to be Rocky because uh-huh. it's just phenomenal. It's that it's that underdog movie that no one knew that they wanted, and yes. it's just and it. He, of course, he won an Oscar for it. It was a fantastic movie. He wasn't going to let anyone else play it. We never would have seen that movie if Hollywood would have said no. You're not the guy. For it. We never would have seen Rocky, and he was a little soft in it too. Yeah. He was not like rocked out yet. It was the beginning of the formula that I'm referring to. Yeah. You know, he was on top of the world kind of like, like he had to, he wasn't really on top of the world in that one, but actually, no, I take that back. Rocky three is, but this, this was a, a redemption movie. You know what yes. I mean? He had a lot to lose. And like I said, that whole dynamic between him and Adrian and that one was fantastic. Totally. totally. Um, and then I had to start thinking about it and I think I will go Rocky three on this one. Now there's spoilers guys. Like if seriously, if you're that guy, that's going to be like spoilers for a 30 year old movie. 
don't listen. But yes. Rocky three mm-hmm. um, is definitely number three for excuse me number four for me, and it's because we we lost Mick in that one, and that was yes. I think that uh, Clubber Lang was a fantastic character. It introduced us to Mister T, but again, we started really getting over the top on these movies. This is when it started to go yeah, a where they direction. do these wild, massive swings where they're going fighting, flying across the yeah. thing. I'm like, oh, that's a thing. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, it, it gave us Mr. T and he was fantastic in it, you know, and yeah. that's where we that's where we first heard. I pity the fool. And, you know, mm-hmm. we had him talking to Adrian like, hey, woman, hey, woman, you know, <laughs> that shit. I don't know if you he remember did that. a Do big you... time Muhammad Ali in that. Yeah. Like he was he was he was showboating. He was a sure. talker. Yeah. He was a big talker. Now, this is where it starts to get controversial for some, I think. But uh, I'm going to have to go. Now, this is where the ranking may change, okay? okay? Because you just you just saw what happened to me right now when I talked about Creed yes. 2. But because it was the, um, the revival of a franchise, I'm going to go ahead and give number five to Creed because okay. Ryan Coogler just knocked it out of the park on that one. And again, that could have just, that would have been it. Like, if that movie would have failed, we would not be seeing this one that we just saw. True. Now, it goes to Creed 2, and the ranking mm-hmm. may change, man, because uh, it's just that good. I'm going to go back and see it, I think, on Monday morning. Yes. And uh, when we talk about it, I'll let you know how I feel about that then. Okay. But then we get into, like I said, uh, you said you didn't think that one was that good. Uh, Rocky Balboa is definitely number seven for mm-hmm. me. Uh, but I think it was great. I liked the introduction of Milo Ventimiglia in that one as his son, Robert. And it was just, a, it was a fine movie. I think that, again. Don't you mean it, Jack? Jack from This Is Us. I, <laughs> I just start, you know what, these days I look at Milo Ventimiglia, I just start crying. Gee, it's, just, it's a perfect show. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, it, He's yeah, a perfect, I mean, the dude is. Anyway, he's fantastic. Milo Ventimiglia is fantastic. He's one of my favorite actors out right now. And he look, you know, do you know they have the same? Um, they were born with the same issue with their mouth too. So. Yeah, that's and I think that's a perfect fit, wouldn't you? Oh, per, I mean, it's kind of it, when if he walked into the casting area, I'd be like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. He, I would just walk if I had my kid there. I'd be like, you want to leave now or do you want to leave? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go get a soda. I'll be right back. <laughs> but yeah, I think that Rocky Balboa um, is my seventh favorite. But okay. at the same time, like I said before, if that movie wouldn't have hit right, we would not be seeing these Creed movies. So, you know, okay. that's why I'm, that one stands out. I'm shocked you put Rocky Balboa underneath the Mr. T one. Uh, well, again, we lost Mick. That was emotional for me, man. When Mickey dies in that movie and really? how Rocky... Oh God, yeah. When even to this day, when Rocky loses it, when Mick yeah. dies, when he's like he's like laying on his dead body. Yeah. Oh my God, that's that's emotional shit right there. And of course, it's where we get Apollo Creed who comes back out of the shadows and says, "I'm going to train you." You know, and and that was amazing. There were some Wait. parts in that movie where you know uh, they go to L.A. because Apollo Creed is from L.A. and he takes he takes Rocky from Philly to get him, like you're saying, away from everything and just to concentrate on the boxing. Teaches him how to box. Not like the Italian stallion, but teaching him, you know, the, the L.A. Yeah. way man, and teaching him yeah. how to box, you know, yeah, turned him into, you know, he was just a straight southpaw at the time. And he teaches him how to, like, you know, use his right a lot better. That whole part was great. The only part that I thought was really silly was when they're running on the beach. Do you remember that part? They're running on the I beach. I remember. And, they and they're like splashing in the, in the yep. water. That was a little yeah. bit on the silly With the side. high shorts. Yes. But what's cool about it is in the whole Rocky lore, at the very end of that movie, Rocky gives Apollo the chance to fight him again. Just like, you know, off camera. Just the two of them. Just as a... Just to see, you know what I mean? As a friend to me, fight me. And Rocky. And they allude it to, to it in Creed. They allude to it in Creed. But but what I liked about that, and f- figure this out for yourself, ladies and gentlemen, you, you get the results. They actually touch on it again in Rocky Four, which they, they replay that scene before the movie starts. Uh, but in Creed, Rocky tells what happens in that one. And I thought that was actually really cool that they brought that back up again. 
And it's it's interesting because uh, if okay, I might be remembering this totally different, but Ventimiglia wasn't there another kid? Yeah, that was Rocky's son. You talking about the guy that played Rocky's son? I mean, uh, yes, that was Rocky's actual that son. That was uh, Sylvester Stallone's actual son. Yeah, he looks nothing like him. No, not at all. But that was him in Rocky Four. That's interesting. Okay, was it Rocky Four? I think it was Rocky Four. Yeah, I don't remember. Sure. I just remember there being another kid that I'm or was like, it Rocky Five? You know what? Now I got to check it out real quick. I, I don't want to. <laughs> I love these movies, but now I got to see which one. But I know that at one point he had his son in the movie. So let me just peep this really quick. Because I remember, I remember that he was just a kid that was like, he don't look nothing like him. Was Actually, he you know, over the? Was that the? No, he wasn't. Never mind. You know, for time's sake, I just realized the time. For time's sake, I'm not going to go there. If you want to find that out, folks, that's what IMDb's for. But yeah, yes, and you know what? I got to. I I got to get out of here too. So this is perfect timing. But yes, so obviously I loved Creed 2. You just Tomorrow. saw what happened right now. You just saw me bitch up and snivel on this. <laughs> you Will heard you me stop rather. referring to I'm it just like saying, that, G? I'm just we, saying it, it happened. If anything, it's manning up and crying. Yeah, okay. I man up and I... But Yes, it's okay but I, for that But reason. I was a sniveling. I was a sniveling fool right now. So, okay, let's talk rating on this one, Steve. You can't rate it because you didn't see it yet. Um, I think the way that I left that theater... I'm going to go ahead. What are we going to call? Okay, what's our rating on this one? Can you help me out? Let's see. Uh, I would say gloves. Eh, yeah, I guess so. I'm going to go ahead and call him Polly's. I'm going to give it five. That's <laughs> I'm fair, give Polly's. even though yeah. he's not in this. He's not in it, but you know, I love Polly. So just to, as respect to Polly, Burt Young's character, I'm going to give this movie definitely, of, I'm going to give it five out of five Polly's, man. Could I, could I Because pre-judge? I will watch this movie multiple times throughout my life. I guarantee it. Can I give it a pre- uh, a pre um a pre judging. I don't know how much that how much weight that bears, but sure, go. And for not it. a lot, but I heard it can get somebody pregnant still. So can I get? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's quite the rating. <laughs> Use your birth control, ladies. Apparently, his rating can get people pregnant. Per Steve. So pre judging. Yes. Um, I think I'm going to. I am. I'm going four point five pre judging. And I'm going to see if it goes. I think it's going to go up. I have a feeling because um, from what I've seen, again, I think it's only because I have an attachment. And what they did was they attached me to my favorite Rocky. They're like, if you don't know any of the other Rockies, I bet you know that one. And you're like, you do? yes, I do know that one. Yeah. I always, you know, like I said, I, I tend to go back and forth on my ratings. But the reason that I give this one five out of five, Polly, Steve, is because, like I said, I'm going to watch it a bunch of times. I know mm-hmm. I'm going to. But it is, and I can't, we'll talk about this the next time on the next show. But it yes. is the Drago story that really did it for me. Out, out of everything else, the Drago story, you just, you're left wanting more of that. And I was just reading an article today that there may be something. They may be, there may be, sorry, there may be something in the works. It's, I'm like on the fence. Like you should just sort of leave well enough alone, but you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you watch this movie. If they do it, let's just say they better do it right. If they better pull a creed on a Drago, if they do this right. So you think if if Ryan Coogler takes the him again, you think this could be good? I don't even think it has anything to do with Ryan Coogler. I mean, great, he did a fantastic job, but whoever helms that project has to bring it like Ryan Coogler did, or else it's not going to be worth it. But do you okay? Do you see Michael B. Jordan coming back for another one? Or do you think this is it? I just hope that if they do it, they do it quickly because you're going to need to have Stallone in this one. You're going to have true. to. That's true. And you now know, that, I don't now, think that Michael yeah. B. Jordan would be able to do it alone as Adonis Creed in the Creed movie. Excuse me, in the uh, Drago movies that don't exist right now. You need to have Stallone in this one to make it work. I think the hard part is okay. So so um, Michael B. Jordan just started off a huge uh, uh, movie company. 
Yeah. And I have a feeling that if he does movies going forward, he's going to want his, which makes sense. He's going to want his production company doing the movie. And not everyone is going to be okay with just let, let me co-produce this movie. They might be like, you know what? No, we kind of don't want to do that. So I have a feeling that going forward, he's going to want this money going to him with his production company. It would make sense. And I don't care about any of that. It's just that if you're going to do this, do it right. Come like they came for Creed and we should be okay. But there is a story to be told there and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you, when you see it eventually. So you said you're going to see it Saturday, right? Oh, I'm, I'm going to hold tomorrow, you to yeah. that. Okay, cool. Now, I don't right. think that, um, yeah, the good thing is that r- worst case scenario, Adonis doesn't have to be in the Drago story or in the Florian story. He can just not you're be there. You're absolutely I'll- right. You're absolutely right, but they're going to have to do it right. And it <laughs> seems to, to me right. that, yeah, they're good. <laughs> His face brings people. Michael B. Jordan's face yes. brings people to the theater. Right. So if you don't have his face there, hopefully after this movie, Florian's face is enough to bring you to the theater. Will it be after this movie? I don't know. You know, I don't know. Like I said, I'm on the fence. If they don't do any more movies, I'm perfectly cool with it. If they do, they better bring it or it's just, they can kind of just like, sink the whole ship you know what i mean that's so yeah that is creed i give the highest of ratings done deal and ladies and gentlemen we gotta get out of here we really because i have to go do some cia agent stuff and dan has to go to a normal job um (laughs) i gotta go deal with a bunch of people that ate too much food yesterday that's that's national national gastrointestinal day to me man so it's gonna be yeah i was thinking you're gonna get some food poisoning situations no Oh, yeah. People are going to there's this exam called an MRCP where you just stare at people's gallbladders and their <laughs> common bile duct. Sorry, Oof. boring shit. But this is the day where I do the most of those out of the year. National okay. MRCP day. Anyway. <laughs> nice. All right, people. I'm out of here. I love you all so much. I'm glad that you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Don't forget, send in your pet peeves. Um, make sure you send them all in and uh, let us know what your solution would be. Also, um, Dan has not forgotten. Send in your Christmas stories because we do not Christmas stories. Your um, what is it? Hallmark, Hallmark. Um, yeah. On that note, um, <laughs> if we don't get any other ones, I'm pretty much prepared to scrap the whole idea because it's 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 you know it was a thought, it was a whimsical thought, but uh, we're not getting a lot of response for that one. So if if you want it, if you want to talk some, make them sarcastic, make them short, give me some Christmas stories, and we'll, we'll, we'll I'll make them funny. Put me up. That's what sound effects are for. We'll totally. make them good. If not, so pet, no big yes. deal. We'll scrap it. Pet peeves or Hallmark? It's up to you. Um, either, either one, way, both, both. Either one, yes, exactly. Either way, I love y'all. I can't wait to see you very sooner than it sounds. We're going to be seeing you guys very soon. Can't wait to see y'all. Love y'all. This is your boy Steve saying peace to the grease out. And my name is Dan Ramirez. Thank you very much for it. We had a longer show this time. I think we did. A little bit. We did. We totally did. Just a little bit longer, but it was a fun show. And I'm sorry for our tardiness, but I'll be putting this out as soon as possible. Uh, Today's Friday. I'm imagining you're going to hear this on a Saturday. So, guys, thank you very much for your patience. Be good to yourself. Be good to everyone around you. We are the Heroes of Noise. Peace. (laughs)